is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus with you for the next couple of hours. Chopping up the latest on the Winnipeg Jets offseason. Of course, the Manitoba Moose and Winnipeg Ice Playoffs. And uh, I'm really looking forward to a little bit later on in the program. We are going to bring in one of the biggest beauties in in the hockey world over the years, Terry Ryan. Um, if you are a former 1290 listener, Terry's visits with Rick Ralph on the roundtable were a couple of the, mo- the most hilarious interviews we've seen. His book, um, Tales of a First Round Nothing, is an absolute classic. He's got a second book, and now he is in one of the stars of uh, Shorzy, the spinoff of Letterkenny, which debuts on Friday. So Terry Ryan's going to cop on a little bit later on, and we'll continue speaking about the big stories of, uh, well, these last few days. What the heck's going on with the Winnipeg Jets and the offseason going forward? And, of course, the availability of Barry Trotz, Mike McIntyre, teed up for about 45 minutes from now and Scott Billick's going to join us as well from the Winnipeg Free Press and we'll certainly get Scott's takes on Barry Trotz and uh, more of what happened coming out of yesterday's show but also the Manitoba Moose. I know Scott was down at Manitoba Moose practice this morning and will be reporting on the Moose heading into tomorrow's game uh, and stick around. We also do have a couple pairs of tickets uh, to uh, give away. We'll give one away today for the Moose playoff game tomorrow with the team backs against the wall, down to nothing, needing to win three straight at home to survive the first round against the Milwaukee Admirals. A big shout out to all of our sponsors that make the show happen. Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Breezy Bed, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Assiniboia Downs, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course, our betting partners over at Coolbet Canada. Just a quick note on Assiniboia Downs. Um, you know, due to a number of challenges caused by the garbage weather we've had for the last month or so in and around here, we've had to push back opening day, uh, eight days from the 23rd of May to the 31st of May. Looking forward to, well, maybe I'll have to grab Double D, Darren Dunn, on the program to give us a little update in the next little bit. To be honest, I also want to talk to Darren on the air. Uh, about one of the most legendary runnings of the Kentucky Derby of all time. People still talking about that in the middle of the week after what Rich Strike did. Uh, that being said, hockey heavy today, as always. We will get to the bottom, though, of uh, what's happening between the Canadian Football League and the CFLPA tomorrow on the program. We have confirmed Justin Dunk to join us. Um, so uh, lots of hockey today. We'll dive in. And uh, I haven't wanted to spend too much time, to be honest, on what's happening between the CFL, the CFLPA. Um, because we've seen this before and, you know, it does get it more often than not gets figured out, but I still can't believe what I saw in that original quote unquote proposal from the Canadian football league. So you hope it's not getting, it was pretty quiet yesterday. And I guess maybe that's a good thing. Uh, but anyways, we will be all over that tomorrow for you CFL fans that are nervous that we might see some sort of impact on the upcoming season. Let's get to it and let's welcome Michael Remus and Remo. What's up? How are you? I'm in a great mood. I'm feeling pretty good after yesterday's show. We had a record number of people. Not re- well, it wasn't a re- quite a record, but it was uh, one of the all-time highs for sure. Top, top five, top ten. I would have never guessed that the Islanders firing their head coach caused such a big ripple effect in Winnipeg sports talk. But that is exactly what happened yesterday. 
Um, I saw Nicole J in chat writing. How many times was Barry Trotz on, typed in online yesterday? It was just like everyone in chat, bring him home, Barry Trotz, <laughs> exclamation in our whole chat. So uh, it was fun to speculate and, and interesting to hear what happened. You know, trying to figure out why would they let this guy go? It, it seems crazy, but we have that. Um, NHL playoffs, some good games yesterday, and I think tonight's going to be even better. And as well, uh, we'll talk with Scott and Mike. I've uh, been hanging around moose practice, too. Yeah, so, uh, well, lots to get to, as we mentioned, but you're right. Um, by the way, new headphones today. Shout out to you for making that happen. Everything sounds great. I've got both ears working. Seems like a real professional operation we've got going on right now with the, uh, with the headphones. But yes, yesterday's show was massive. and. I think it tells you all you need to know about where the Winnipeg Jets fan base is right now. Um, this is a team that has some serious needs. And, you know, in the absence of Paul Maurice, and, and there's many people, and I think there's more evidence that it is coming out that kind of suggests that maybe uh, it really was time for a change. But I think there's a number of changes that need to happen with this hockey club. We've mentioned some sort of change to the core. Uh, we spent a lot of time yesterday about it. But, you know, as much as it seemed like there was a lot of people that stepped away during the season, Reem, uh, many of those people that, you know, weren't that engaged over the past 20, 25 games of the regular season, I think are back big time. And the numbers of yesterday's show tell you all you need to know about that. Um, I don't believe that there is apathy set in. I think, you know, in some cases there is some anger and certainly maybe there's some loss of confidence uh, in some areas of the organization and the direction of it. But do not mistake that for apathy right now because the mere mention of the possibility that Barry Trotz could be a head coach of the Winnipeg Jets and could come in and do the things that he's done for some of his other organizations uh, was the injection of about as much excitement here in the chat room and on social media channels and amongst conversations of hockey fans as we've had in a long time around here. And um, I think it speaks to, as I mentioned, the passion that Winnipeg Jet fans still do have for their team and uh, as well as the hopes and expectations that something can be done to do a full 180 on what was a real lost season that just completed. And uh, man, lots to do for the organization, especially when it comes to filling that next head coach. Um, you know, we'll talk about it with Mike McIntyre and with Scott Billick. I mean, if you didn't see yesterday's show, go to it. We kind of went through all of it, but, but it really would be a home run on a number of levels. And I think that, you know, for all the work that the Winnipeg Jets need to do to get back to being a contender, first a playoff team and then a contender, um, Barry Trotz would do wonders for that, both, I think, in the dressing room, on the ice, as well as in the community with maybe regaining some of the trust or confidence that, you know, has eroded over the last few years. Yeah, I think there was definitely some apathy toward the end of the season, you know, in April when you're kind of just playing it out and, you know, you're not really going for a playoff spot. But since the end of the season, we've seen interest in our channel rise up pretty dramatically here, you know, starting with the end of season comments from Paul Stasi and Mark Shagfley. And it's pretty clear to a lot of Jets fans that there's something going on with this team. You know, the coach, I mean, how often does a coach walk, just pack up his bags and say, see ya? And you have Paul Stasny calling out guys on their team and Mark Shifley's, uh, I got to see where this is going, um, end of season rant, which I think is going to be an all-timer. All We're going to be talking about that one for a while. I mean, I'm, I got to start using, I got to see where this is going um, in like my, my regular day-to-day <laughs> -day life. Like, I need to make that a regular phrase. 
Like I just so like, for instance, when you're, you know, you're expected to pick your son up from daycare as something yeah. that you're sort of contractually obligated to do. And your wife says, Hey, are you going to uh, pick Evan up from daycare? And you're like, yeah. well, I'm going to see where this is going. Uh, I need to, I need to hear a few things first before I actually yeah. go and do that. I got to talk to my family, my agent. I just got to see where this is going before I can, I can commit. I, I think I got, whenever I get invited to something now, I'm going to have to use, I got to use that because <laughs> I think that and um, it was Patrick Laine's, well, I'm here, aren't I? Like at the beginning of last season, um, that uh, that needs to be in my new uh, vernacular, along with, you know, ruffled feathers. We can make a, a list of these ruffled feathers. Um, uh, well, Malay ruffled feathers, Malays. I think, might be, I mean, if we wanted to do a compilation, maybe yeah. like if someone wanted to write a book on the underside of the Jets and all the things that people have heard over the course of the years and why did these guys leave and what had happened. The title of the book, I think, would be called Ruffle. Oh, Feather. yeah, yes. <laughs> that, yeah, Ruffle, yeah. Uh, but a side of general malaise or something. Yeah. So <laughs> you can throw malaise in there. But yeah, I think the interest definitely high. Uh, a lot of stuff going on with Barry. Now, I don't know if he's going to come here or not, but... It's fun to speculate. It's in, it's a, certainly an option. You'd like to go with the bring it home narrative. Um, well, I guess we can wait and see, and we'll have some fun here. It sounds like uh, you know nothing is going to be imminent. That's what Pierre LeBron tweeted yesterday. Yeah, look, I, I'll say one thing uh, from yesterday's show here, from social media, from I think the reaction to both things that the Winnipeg Jets put out themselves on their channels, just doing their regular business. I'm pretty sure the organization heard loud and clear well, what the what the dream from the uh, okay. what the dream so, from the uh, the fans are. I this is who was writing about the Jets yesterday. Mike, uh, Paul Friesen, Marat. Um, who else am I missing? Ken, like, Ken. Every single one. Trotz is a home run. Bring him home. Every single person writing that. How the Trumps. We don't care that you were friends with whoever that worked for you 10 years ago. Barry Trot is the guy. That's what everyone was writing. That's what uh, the sentiment is online. Barley Kivas tweeting out that Barry Trotz will fit the pot, fix the pothole problem <laughs> in Winnipeg, which, is, which would be excellent because, uh, you know, thankfully my wheels are, are still working. But uh, I know there's a lot of people who aren't as fortunate. So I think he could cure, cure everything. That's going on. Maybe he'll give us a, a great winter next year if he comes. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm not sure whether Barry can change the weather, and I am somewhat dubious about the pothole situation being fixed by hiring Barry Trotz, the head coach. But I'll tell you what, the lack of accountability in this team, um, the uh, complete lack of adherence to any sort of structure, particularly defensive structure, that stops when Barry Trotz walks in the room. Uh, because if you're not in with it, you're out. Uh, and, and, and I think part of the discussions that Trotz is going to have, whether it's be with the Winnipeg Jets or whoever in the National Hockey League, will be about, about there'll be a talk about control as well. Um, and then, of course, there's the possibility of him wanting to coach for a couple of years and then move into management. And listen, as I said yesterday, I mean, part of the unique situation with Barry Trotz, I mean, listen, the guy is a Stanley Cup champion coach and one of the best we've ever seen. Um, he has Manitoba roots, and I think that is why many people think that he might be open to yeah. coming back, doing something special here. But it's not because of that at all. Um, if Barry Trotz was from France, 
and had the coaching staff, coaching record that he had in the National Hockey League, he would be a guy I think we could come in. But from from the Jets side of things, I'll just say this once again. I mean, the the amount of confidence that has been lost that would be regained from the fan base. Yeah. And I think from a lot of people that are maybe on the fence as to whether they're going to have season tickets, whether their business is going to come back. I mean, that, those are real, real challenges for the Winnipeg Jets. Bottom line problems that they're dealing with, for the most part, for the first time. Um, there is not one person walking the earth that could be hired that would make a bigger difference when it comes to those things. And listen, as I said yesterday, I'm sure the Jets didn't have a Barry Trotz number on the budget for next year for coaching wise. But I think it's quite clear now that there are major, major needs with this hockey team that he would be at the top of the list for being able to fix. And I think from a community relations aspect and a, just a general confidence in the club, if they were able to make it happen, it would um, it would erase a lot of the negative that's happened with this club this past season and before. And I think would um, be a, just an absolute nuclear bomb of excitement about this team coming in. And it would re-raise the expectations. But you know what? That's a good thing going into a season. You want to expect to be good as opposed to expect to being on the outside looking in and doing a draft lottery simulator at the end of our show today, which, oh, yeah. by the way, we will get to. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, he would be, he's a top coach in Canada. We've heard him mentioned, I mean, every team in the league seemingly who's got a vacancy is interested in him. But because he's got Manitoba roots, he's from Dauphin, you think, hey, maybe this guy will actually come here. Because, you know, if you we were here for the last winter, I don't blame any, anyone for not wanting to be here, um, you know, if you have other options. So uh, we will see. But people are getting very ahead of themselves. I tweeted this out yesterday, Huss. I'm not sure if you saw. I mean, someone's already edited his wikipedia page yeah did you... i did see he's already been announced as the head coach of the yeah Jets. i don't know if wikipedia knows something but they wrote barry trotz is a canadian this is from last night it may have been changed since but is a canadian professional ice hockey coach who is the head coach of the winnipeg jets of the nhl and it also mentioned his favorite podcast has always been Da Bagel Boys, a jets <laughs> podcast mm. based in the great and we we know that's not accurate that's where they lost me. The coach might be true, possible, <laughs> but favorite podcast. We know it was, uh, well, now Winnipeg Sports Talk. We know that. Yeah. Barry sure. Trotz, big warm up guy back in the day, confirmed. Yeah. I can tell you that for a fact. Uh, it's come to us, uh, our attention on a number of occasions. Host Barry would get into the coach's office and would enjoy the two of us going at it. So maybe, that, maybe that's a good thing. Another thing that he could look forward to coming back to Winnipeg, mm -hmm. enjoying the convenience of Winnipeg Sports Talk, being yes. able to whenever, when, listen to whenever he wants outside of his busy, busy coaching schedule, trying to get the Jets back to respectability and uh, make the most of this roster. Uh, all that being said, we will talk more about this with Scott Billick, as well as Mike McIntyre, and uh, some of the other issues coming out of the end of the season into this next little while. And we mentioned we'll know where the Jets are drafting tomorrow after tonight's draft lottery. Now, um, Remo, let's get to the action, though, last night in the National Hockey League because there were a couple dandies last night. And, you know, we hadn't had a lot of overtime so far in the playoffs. We had that one triple OT game at the beginning between the Rangers and Penguins. And uh, far from an overtime game last night between the Rangers and Penguins, early game, Pittsburgh absolutely crushing the New York Rangers. Ironically, on uh, the day, I guess today, I believe that 
Shesterkin was just announced as the Vesna Trophy finalist and the odds-on winner. Um, but Florida gutted it out, tied their game late in the third period and got the winner in OT, avoiding going down 3-1 in their series. Carter Verhage with the winner, Sam Reinhart with the tying goal with just over two minutes left. Um, that is a massive, massive win for the Florida Panthers, who, uh, I mean, listen, they only lost in regulation 18 times all regular season in 82 games, uh, but they were staring a 3-1 deficit down in the waning moments of the third period, and uh, that's what good teams do. They don't have a lot of big uh, pedigree of winning in the playoffs. They haven't done it since 1996, but I think everyone expected more from this team so far. Maybe this will be a big uh, shot of adrenaline and momentum to the team going back to South Florida for a very important game five. I, I was very nervous for Florida about to go down. We had the TJ Oshie hit on, um, uh, on Stan Bennett. Kuznetsov goes, makes it 2-1, and then they tie it up. Uh, Sam Reinhardt with the what uh, goalie pulled they eke it out i was nervous for that man going down 3-1 is tough president's trophy winning panthers high expectations this year you know you got the do it for joe thornton narrative although he's not quite not quite in the lineup but uh, you know they made the big acquisitions Sharat and claude Giroux, and to go down and we'd saying experience is, is paying off for the caps but good for them tying up Nice little uh, two-two split here, going with seemingly every other series two-two. That is the one I was watching. I wasn't really focused on the Rangers. Penguins seemed to get out of hand. I know Shesterkin. There's no doubt he's probably my would be my pick for the Vesna Trophy, but he's had a rough go here. I don't. I don't think it's all on him. I think you look at some of these chances, tip pucks, guys in front. Penguins are simply outplaying the Rangers and. Look, you get enough pucks on net, they're going to go in. You're going to do some little tip action in front. That's tough to stop. So all these, I mean, we've been kind of sleeping on, you're talking about all these great seasons, kind of been sleeping on Sidney Crosby. Hasn't really been been mentioned, but um, he's having quite the series. Evgeny Malkin seems to be healthy and playing. I mean, these guys all have experience. Michael Matheson, he's got a crazy amount of uh, points, a former Panther for them in the series too. So, I thought the Rangers could maybe hold on. We were hoping the Jets would have a shot at least at getting that first round pick if they advanced. But it seems to be the, Ra- no, the Penguins the, pulling yeah. away here. Last rights for the uh, uh, for the pick, the potential first round pick are being read right now in the chat. I think after yeah. last night's game, people pretty much washed their hands of that. Hey, stranger things have happened. These teams are very close, although last night it didn't really look at it. Um, you know, maybe if Shesterkin comes back and, you know, has a strong game five, they realize there's no tomorrow if they don't win. Maybe they get some momentum and push it to seven. And the reason why I would love to see that in addition to the continued hope that maybe the Rangers can win and keep on going and get that second rounder turned into a first ream. I mean, you've got a one series that's over, Colorado and Nashville. You've got this series that's three to one. Other than that, all other six series are 2-2. Two, two. And uh, I'm hoping for six game sevens. And I'd be here for seven game sevens if the Rangers could possibly win game five and six and push it there. I'm not sure whether we'll get to that, but I think five potentially for sure we could be talking about at the end of the week. And um, that would be absolute heaven for a hockey fan. Uh, I thought Calgary. Yeah, let's get to this Calgary game. It was looking close, man. Johnny Gaudreau, he seemed to figure out. Uh, he learned a lot of lessons from missing that late breakaway in game three to tie it and was Filthy awarded a penalty shot move. 
Man, I almost woke up my wife. Um, my like scream. I I was worried. I I was I like I was like oh like the fake shot. What uh, toe drag through the legs so smooth. Uh, put the flames up. Um, so I I I screamed at that. There's also I, you know what it was. It was Matthew Kachuk, and uh, or sorry Brady Kachuk and the family cheering on Matt Kachuk. There that T-shirt he wore was elite. Keith Kachuk. You see him at the end yeah, sipping yeah, a beer. The Brady Kachuk's Matthew Kachuk friendship tour T-shirt was yeah. absolutely hilarious. And yeah, Keith was there. Not sure that that was his sister um, as well with them. And of course, Chantel, their mother, friend of uh, ours, former uh, former workmate of mine back in the day, back when she met Keith. So um, it was cool to see the, uh, the Kachuk family there. And uh, of course, listen, I mean, for us, we both are somewhat invested in the Calgary Flames, Remus. And I think... Well, I, was, I don't want to see much more of the Dallas Stars. I mean, I can't handle And, you know, credit to Rick Bonus for doing what he's done and making these games tight and low scoring and squeezing out. Jake Ottinger has been awesome. Um, but we need the Battle of Alberta. We need the Battle of Alberta to happen. The Oilers better get it done tonight. Calgary better get it done at home. And then we better set that up. And then, I mean, if you do think, regardless of one of those teams coming out, I mean, then you have the Colorado Avalanche who unlike everybody else in the Stanley Cup playoffs, Remo, have taken care of business quick and easy in the first round. And maybe the quick exit by the Predators will make Jet fans feel a little less bad about not making the postseason because it very likely would have been a similar result, I think, for any team sneaking into the eighth spot going up against oh. that powerhouse that is the Avalanche, even without Darcy Kemper and Nett, who's still out after that eye injury earlier in the series. It makes it... Nashville had like a 4 nothing lead on Arizona on the last game of the year and could not pull off the win. If they could, they would have not played Colorado and would have played Calgary. I think they're both getting bounced, but I'm kind of sick of seeing Dallas and these close games giving me PTSD, thinking of their overtime wins. Every broadcast, well, Dallas, you know, was pretty good in overtime great, this great year. Great in overtime this yeah. year. Yeah. I was like, Trust yeah. Us. We know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jason Robertson, thank you. So... Uh, I'd like to see Calgary, Calgary go ahead here. And I think we all want to see the battle of Alberta. Special shout out in the chat, a new chatter, Huss's router, who, who has joined us after that. Hey, thank you very much for, for always being there for us. Uh, all right. Billick's going to join us in just a second. Um, our friends at F Apparel ready for the summer. Got a couple weddings going on. Got the uh, Rady dinner coming up. It, it, every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. And that was a great time to pop down to F Apparel with their custom suits for men that start at just $400 because they have all their new summer stock, fabrics, styles, and more in. So it's a perfect time to get suited up with Andrew and the gang down at F Apparel. And again, if you have a wedding coming up, if you're in a wedding party, Talk to them about a great deal for the wedding party. Don't bother renting stuff you're going to take back and spend a bunch of money on. Get something that looks great that you can wear beyond the wedding. And wedding parties get 15% off. F Apparel, 190 Smith Street and online at F. That's E-P-H apparel.com. Wallace & Wallace are Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialists serving residential and commercial customers since 1946. Uh, if your property needs the security and protection of a new fence gang, Give them a call. Final ornamental welded wire chain link or wood. Wallace and Wallace has the right fence for you. And if it's time to replace your garage door, they've got Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. 
452-2700. Give them a call. The experts at Wallace will make it time to come down and give you a free estimate. And you can also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. And uh, Vita Health Fresh Market. I, I need to pop into Vita Health. I, I figure that my, uh, my week in Vegas has uh, added a few LBs on. I've been doing a great job of drinking lots of Culligan water. Uh, but I think I might need to be a little bit more regular on popping into the Vita Health uh, grab-and-go deli. Great and healthy sandwiches, soups, salads, and more, including the very pop popular falafel salad. But the Vita Health Fresh Market, in addition to the deli, is stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local organic and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products, all at great prices. They're a great local company that's been in business since 1936, 85 years of empowering people to lead healthy lives. Go see them at their, one of their seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. And as I mentioned off the top of the program, unfortunately, one extra week of waiting for Assiniboia Downs and live racing. Uh, we were hoping that the season would start on the 23rd of May, even a little later than normal. Uh, Darren Dunn today announcing that it has been pushed back to the 31st of May, but we'll be ready for it. We're going to have a, a WST night or two out at the track. Absolutely. We'll get Darren Dunn on before. And of course, you can bet on the races and races around the world as well at hpibet.com while we wait for the racing to come back to the track this year. All right, let's uh, talk a little Jets and Moose because I think our pal Scott Billick was down checking out the herd as they come back getting ready for tomorrow's crucial game three in their best of five series down 0-2. What's going on, Billick? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, Huss. How are you doing, man? Oh, well, I'm doing well. Quite the show yesterday. Lots of, uh, lo lots of topics to get to, which we will talk all about. But, you know, just I know you were down at the Moose today. Yeah. Um, you know, quickly, let's hit, hit on that. Um, sure. I mean, listen, they, I think it was 85, 37 shots in favor of the Moose in those first two games. I mean, yeah, they 86. were all over them. And then, I mean, they just simply couldn't score. Um, what yeah. was the atmosphere and the vibe around a team that played pretty well, but realizes that one misstep and uh, they're golfing? Yeah, confident, right? You know, I, I think here's the thing when you, you put up 86 shots, I believe it was. It was 44. No, yeah, you're right. It was it was 41 and 44. Um, so 85 shots. You, you put that up over a uh, you know a two game span. You're 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 happy with your offensive production, and it's just not going in. You know, I was talking to Mark Morrison, the head coach of the Moose, this morning, and he's just like, you know, I think everybody in the back of their minds on that team feels like they could have at least had a split, if not a two nothing lead. So. Nobody's really, you know, down about where they are. It's tough to be down to nothing. It's tough to be on the brink of elimination. No doubt about that, of course. Um, but when you've, you know, you've peppered that team, when you've dominated at times, um, I mean, one of the periods in their 3-2 loss was a 22-shot to 3 total for Manitoba, but they just couldn't put the puck in the net. So, you know, what they were doing today in practice, it was short, it was purposeful, and it was just a lot of, you know, let's get the puck to the net. Let's try and find an ugly goal, whatever. And they also were working on the power play, which is 0 for 6 in the series, which, you know, you think about 0 for 6, not a big deal in the regular season. You know, it, those things often correct themselves. But, uh, uh, yeah, in a, in a five-game series, I suppose, uh, you would have liked to have a couple more of those go in. Um, but, yeah, it didn't seem like anybody was really overly worried um, today. Seems like they feel that they've, 
dominated play. They, they have controlled all those games, both of those games uh, over the weekend. Um, and they feel that coming home uh, to Canada Life Center uh, beginning tomorrow night uh, can, can, can give them that boost they need. And, and really, they feel like they're one win away from just turning this whole thing around. Um, you know, lots of teams will say that. Um, but you look at those shot totals and, you know, you, if you're going to get goalie, fine. Um, but eventually that dam is going to burst. And that that's sort of where this team feels it's at. Yeah, well, one away from turning it around and <laughs> one away from uh, saying goodbye to their teammates and not going their separate ways for the yeah. summer. It is something, but I mean, that is the nature of the five game series. And, you know, I was paying close attention to it on the weekend. By the way, shout out to Dan Fink. Really love Dan's calls. Listen to quite a bit of the games on CGOB over the course of the weekend. But a number of people said, why the hell are they starting on the road? It's important to note that with the American Hockey League and just traveling once within the series, the higher-seeded team has the choice of playing the first two at home and the next three on the road or vice versa. And they chose to start it at home. Um, Certainly from an organizational perspective, it's preferable. You get a little bit more time to sell some tickets. If you do have a big game four or game five, it's in your home building. But it also is a dangerous choice, and we're seeing the edge of that sword right now, the fact that this team is facing elimination and will be facing elimination for the remainder of the series until it ends one way or the other. Yeah, you know, and they talked about that today. I mean, it was, it's not like this team is you know, unaware of where they're at. They just feel confident about where their game is at, even though they've lost. I mean, it's always that you know, they're both one-goal games, both tight games, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they know that Evan Poley, the forward and guy that was in Jets training camp, uh, you know, some fans will remember. I mean, he was like, yeah, well, we could be booking tea times, uh, you know, tomorrow night, right, or Thursday morning. Uh, you know, they 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 understand what the stakes are at. Um, you know, I just think that you know, this is a team that this is kind of how they've done it all season. They they, they feel and and, and Poley said it, and Captain Jimmy Oligny said it too. You know, they feel like they've had their wall, you know, their backs against the wall at times this season, and that's brought out the best play. You know, obviously, this is the ultimate back against the wall moment um, and the ultimate kind of gauntlet ahead of them because they have to win three straight. I mean, you know, the whole cliche of, yeah, get one. You know, but those guys were even saying, like, we know, you know, let's get one and we can turn this around because it's not hard in this in, in the AHL to win one, win a second one, and, and then what happens? I mean, then the whole momentum shifts, and the Moose have a game five decider at home uh, on Sunday, uh, you know, if they can make it there. So I, I think the Moose, despite where they are, they feel like they're in a bit of the driver's seat right now in terms of they, they can control this, they're at home, they'll have the crowd, um, and, and they feel that they can turn this series around. God, Billick of the Winnipeg Sun with us. Let's move on to the Jets' offseason. and. <laughs> I mean, listen, Lou Lamorello dropped the bomb on the National Hockey League, but it was quite clear by the amount of people that were in our chat room before we even started the YouTube broadcast yesterday and <laughs> uploaded the podcast later on, yeah. that nowhere was that heard more loud and clear here uh, than in Manitoba and, of course, for fans of the Winnipeg Jets. I think it's pretty clear, Scott, that this team has some major, major issues. There's a lot of talent on this club, but... Yeah. Um, you know, you need a lot more to be competitive, to be effective, and to be a real team in the National Hockey League. And uh, Barry Trotz, and I'm sure you would agree, would not only, from a hockey perspective, be one of, if not the top guy you could possibly hire, 
but from a community, from a business standpoint, would be the home run of home runs. And listen, I realize, and I've said this a number of times since we started yesterday's show, I mean, I'm sure if you look at the history of the way True North has run, they probably didn't have a massive, massive budget line for their new head coach. But I would argue, and I'm interested in your thoughts, that a hiring of Barry Trotz, never mind the on the ice, the off the ice, would be one of the most impactful moves that this organization has ever made. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. I think Dolphin needs to see, the town of Dolphin, four or well, roughly four hours from here, needs to see the biggest Brinks truck that they have in their fleet, you know, backing up to Barry Trotz's house or whatever he lives there. Maybe give it, but do it, make a parade. You know, this is the best, this is the best news that the Jets never saw coming, right? Because nobody saw it coming. And if you, you can't whiff on this, like you have to go, uh, can I say balls to the wall? And you, you, you yes, have you can. To, okay. That's what you have to do. You, you gotta, you gotta puff your chest out and, and you just have to go. I mean, if you're Mark Chipman, there is nothing that you can do other than go after Barry Trotz here. Like, you have to, whatever it is. And it doesn't matter what the money is. I mean, the money, it's not like you're going to be giving them $10 million a year. Right? There, there's a line here. I get it. But if it's going to cost them $5 million to come here or whatever, fine. You know, you know, so be it. You know, this is a team that found out this season what happens when you lose. This is a, te- a team this season that found out what happens when you let a lot of things get away from you for a long period of time. Barry Trotz is, a, uh, you know, obviously the third most winning head coach in the NHL. Um, so, you know, when do these guys become available? The answer is never, right? And 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 a guy like Trotz, who who, who break, it's not just, it's not just who he is as a head coach. I mean, he brings. Uh, uh, you couldn't have wrapped this better for the Jets. You have a guy that's from here. You know, so you want a connection to the club and you want all that stuff and all the stuff we talked about, Randy Carlisle and Scott O'Neill and all that stuff. You don't need that anymore because you've got a guy that's from Manitoba. You can market this in all sorts of ways. You can do all sorts of things with Barry Trotz here and, and make that money back. Like that, that's the difference here. And, and you, you will make the money back if Barry Trotz comes in and does what Barry Trotz does, which is take teams from the gutter where the New York Islanders were and put them into the Eastern Conference semifinals, or Eastern Conference finals, sorry, two years running. And they only lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, it's such an opportunity that the Jets, you know, you, if you don't put your for, best foot forward, like, the only thing that you would want to hear if Trotz doesn't come here is that you want to hear that this team gave it everything. And, you know, I imagine Barry Trotz would mention the Jets, you know, if he went somewhere else. But... It, it it just seems like this is a, a slam dunk for this organization. Um, you know, it, it's almost like the whole Paul Stasny thing in 2018, 17, 18, where it's just like, you know, it, it kind of wound up in their lap and, and it really helped the team. Um, but it's bigger than that. Like this is, you know, this is potentially a, a defining moment for this team if they can land Barry Trotz. And, you know, obviously – we have to understand here that Barry Trotz also needs to want to come to Winnipeg. Um, he needs to want to still continue to coach at, at age 59, which I imagine he, he does. Um, it sounds like, I mean, I, I know that Drager reported it, um, that he's looking for management opportunities. You know, I, I even think you can fit that into it. I mean, I think you can say, hey, you know, 
if you want to do that in a few years, you know, there will be an opportunity in your homeowner organization, you know, your hometown, so to speak, organization to do that as well. Um, but, you know, I think the biggest thing for the Jets is they need a guy to come in and, 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 and pull everybody together and have everybody going in the right direction. And, you know, that was, that's the biggest thing on the, this coaching search or whatever, you know, was happening with this club is they need a coach that can come in and, and keep people accountable and pull two sides this division that there's it appears to be in the room. Um, especially if you hear, listen to James Patrick about it. Um, <laughs> if you, uh, you know, but, but that's the sort of thing, right? Like it's, you know, it, it's interesting that, you know, this team is kind of been thrown this lifeline by, by Lou Amarello. And, and you know, I, I'll say this, I mean, this feels very much like a Gerard Gallant firing, like bit knee jerk reaction. And, and like, I get it. If Lou thinks that, that Barry lost the room, that's fine. I, I think, you know, that has to be looked at too by the Jets and, and whoever is looking at Barry Trotz, why that happened. But I think we can't separate the fact that the New York Islanders had the most ridiculous, absurd season in terms of their scheduling, in terms of being the guinea pigs for how many players can be out of the lineup with COVID before you cancel a, a hockey game or postpone it. Um, <clears throat> and then you just look at the record over the last, you know, you take last this year out of it. I mean, Barry Trotz's record, but never mind what he did to out. Like, here's the other thing too. I mean, if you're the Jets and you saw what Barry Trotz did to Alex Ovechkin to get him to buy in, like, I think that's where this lies for the Jets. I, I know I'm going like straight to the buffet here, but you know, this is a team that needs. We we heard that buying in was a, was a hot button topic at the end of the year and and throughout this you know extended funeral that the Jets had. If you can get Alex Ovechkin to buy in to playing a certain style of hockey to win a championship, I think you can get anybody on the Jets roster to do it. That's all. And so you know, I, I think that's the, the like the value of Barry Trotz behind the bench. It goes far beyond just you know his coaching record and all that. It goes into how he molds teams, how he turns teams from defensive, you know, nightmares to, you know, defensive juggernauts like he did with the the Islanders. I know people say, well, it's boring hockey and whatever. Does anybody, like, you know, do, do fans care about that if you're going to the playoffs, if you're going back to the Western Finals? Yeah, I didn't hear a lot of Islander stuff, right? fans complaining about that in Game exactly. 7 of the Conference Finals the last exactly. couple of seasons. And they only lost that goal by, that game by one goal. Like, you know, that's the thing, like, I mean... It is arguable that the New York Islanders are back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champions if the Tampa Bay Lightning weren't as good as they were. Um, and, and Barry Trotz is a three-time Stanley Cup winner and, and all of that. And, and we're not even talking about this. And we're going back to the Carlisles and the Arneels and all that stuff. But, you know, uh, I think, you know, if Barry lost the room, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a really tough time believing it. I know that there's the talk about how he managed Barzell and all that sort of thing. Um you know, anyone I, that watched I, I, the but, anyone that watched the Islanders in the last two months of the season knows that he did not lose the room. No, I mean, that I, team was I playing. Agree. That team was playing yeah. hard for him right until the end of the yeah. season. I mean, they finished. They uh, yeah. had that ridiculous start where they were five and thirteen. They finished up like right around where the Jets finished. Yeah, and I think you could certainly make the argument they, that they did it with far less talent, and sure. they certainly didn't have the goaltending that the Winnipeg yeah. Jets have right now. So, yeah, I mean, um, but listen, it gets to it. I, and I, I'm interested in your thoughts on this because, man, we've spent a lot of time, justifiably so, talking about Mark Shifley 
his role and what's happened over the last little while, certainly what he had to say at the end of the year, speaking like a UFA and essentially yeah. <laughs> looking, looking elsewhere. Now, I know Elliot has reported that Mark Shifley himself hasn't asked for a trade. Take that for what it's worth. I don't know whether yeah. his agent has had some conversations with sure. it. He certainly looked like a guy that was looking for a change of scenery and sounded like a guy that was looking for a change of scenery. If Barry Trotz got hired in the short term, like say they got something done in a couple weeks. So, I mean, we're still talking about the playoffs, the draft's still down the road, yeah. which is presumably if they were going to make a Shifley deal, it probably takes place in and around that area. Would a Barry Trotz hire, in your opinion, potentially salvage Mark Shifley's time here in Winnipeg and make it more likely that he could come back and be a part of the solution? Or uh, with a guy like Trotz coming, considering what he'll expect and what we've seen from Shifley, does it make it more likely that a significant move's coming personnel-wise in addition to a new coach? You know, yeah, that, that's it's such an interesting question because I've heard people talk to me and they've said, hey, you know, Trotz comes in, Shifley's going to buy in, all that stuff. It's an entirely different style of game that Barry Trotz brings to a team. And one of the criticisms about Barry Trotz's style of game is that it's difficult to play all of the time. And, you know, we've talked here about just getting the Jets to play better defensively as a five-man unit. I mean, never mind getting sticks in every lane and, and sacrificing offense for, for better defense and, and, and playing low-scoring games. And, and maybe your point totals, like Matt Barzell's, aren't going to be as high as you know the point per games that that you would have for Shifley for most part, I, I you know to me it comes down to do you want to win or not and 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 what what brings the best chance for you to win? Barry Trotz, I mean I, you know Barry Trotz was very honest at the end of the year and I went back and and kind of looked and he talked about how he managed the COVID situation, the crappy schedule that they had at the start of the year where they were 13 games straight on the road, all that. You know, I think Barry Trotz is a, is a guy that has always adapted to his situation, too. I mean, I, I think that can't be overlooked. This year was tough because just how it played out. Um, but, I, you know, I think if you're Mark Shifley and you get to be coached by one of the, you know, arguably one of the greatest of all time, maybe that's not even arguable at this point, given, just given his win totals and all that. Um, you know, I, I, I guess it just depends on what Mark Shifley wants. I mean, is 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 the relationship in this city so fractured? Is it is it is it like that in the room? Um, you know, we, those are things that we don't know. Um, how many times maybe has his agent asked for a trade down along the line? Who knows? I mean, we don't know any of these things, but we do know that that, that winning kind of heals a lot of things, right? Money, money, and winning, and, and and those are the two biggest things for a lot of players. And and you know, I, I just wonder if if. The thing with Barry Trotz is it, it will require buy-in. You know, they, they didn't get it from Paul Maurice. They didn't get it from um, Dave Lowry. Um, you know, will they get it from Barry Trotz? And I would argue that if you don't get it from Barry Trotz, you're not playing, which is one of the problems that, you know, the Jets haven't – one of the problems that Jets had over the, the last few years is the fact that, you know, there was no real accountability. And we've heard that in the last – you know, in the last few weeks of the season where that was called into question by the players. So, um yeah, I mean, it, it's a good question. I'm not sure I have a good answer because it's just going to be up to Mark. I mean, do you want to win or, and, and, and play a certain style of game that, 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 that is, is conducive to that? Or you just want to go somewhere and rack up a bunch of points and get a nice contract to finish off your career? I'll say um, this just you know, on that point. I mean, if that is a concern, and again, we don't know. We're not brain you right. know, mind readers. But if the main concern is 
that next contract and making up for what a player might have perceived as a team-friendly deal over the course of it. Yeah. The success of the team and the ability to shine in the playoffs, I would think, should be a great carrot. But I think there's also the realization that, you know, some of those gaudy point totals that came along with 23 and 24 minutes of ice time and 80% of power play time, that might all not be there under Barry Trotz because what he's trying to do is build a team and win games. Um, And he won't be playing favorites, as it were, unless playing a favorite with a guy helps him win more hockey games. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's it, right? I mean... Yeah, I think you know, we remember Mark Shifley of play of playoffs when he's not injured, and and Mark Shifley plays very well in the playoffs. And if you want to show your next team, your next contract, that you got a few more years left in you, and you can be that can you know that guy in the playoffs, that contender, um, the guy who can dominate a playoff series like he did in against Nashville. I, you know, I I think there's those I think there's those types of things. I, I don't. I struggle to think that Mark Shifley has become so jaded um, with the game or with his own game or with you know coaching in Winnipeg or whatever that he that that he's lost what what made him good at hockey or what's made him good at hockey. Um, you know, I, I think that is there is a salvageable element there for Mark Shifley. I think it will take the right coach, and that's the thing. Like, I think this team will know. I think Kevin Shevelldayov knows whether or not, you know, Barry Trotz would be the guy for Mark Shifley. Um, and I think that just makes this more important than anything because I, you know, I think that – I don't even think it's just Mark Shifley. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois, you want to sign this guy long-term? I mean, you know, what Pierre-Luc Dubois was saying after the season, you know, those are the types of – like, again, that's why I think this Barry Trotz thing is so important for the Jets to, to – not, not, not just to make a big play, but actually just get him. Um, and and that's one of the things that that, that that that's going to be you know so important down the stretch here is trying to find a way to make this happen because I think it just it solves so many problems that the Jets that the Jets have and yeah I mean I don't really know how much to say it any more than that I mean this is guy and it's not even a player it's a guy that can pull all these players all this talent that you have on this team together and and, and make it make I don't want to say make it great. Because uh, yeah, but 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 you know what I mean, right? I mean that's that's uh, like you know like that's this team was good, and then it it became quite poor over the last few seasons, and now you've kind of been thrown this this lifeline. You know, I, I feel like it's like Regis Philbin on who wants to be a millionaire, right? Like this is the one, and and and, and it, it seems like such a slam dunk for this this organization, and I think it's a huge failure if they don't get it done. And it and it's not, you know, if Barry says, "Hey, I, you know, I just, I, I'm not. This is not the place for me, or I want to go to, you know, Philly, or maybe and the that Toronto, could be very well be. I mean, listen, yeah, I, I mean, know that's the thing, yeah. right? And 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 you know, people have to accept that for what it is, if that's what happens, right? I mean, you know, Barry Barry has the uh, you know the opportunity to do what he wants here, and there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to mull over. Um, but uh, but I think that you know if if it comes down to dollars and cents and all that, and that's the only thing that's kind of in the way or maybe opportunity down the line, you know, I think you promise Barry Trotz the world if you're Mark Chipman and Kevin Chevel day off, because you're not going to get this opportunity probably ever again in his tenure as GM, or maybe even Mark Chipman's tenure as the owner of this team. 
you need to take advantage of these opportunities when they come because you know it, it, it's it's it, it, I I feel like we're just like romanticizing of these once in a yeah. lifetime. Well, things, no, hey, you really, get what you pay for. Is, you right? get what you pay for, yeah. and in this situation, because of things off the ice, on the ice, in the community, yeah, I think it would be worth it. And I think you've just coined. The WST campaign oh, trots no. 2022. Make the Jets great again. Oh no! Feel like, the hats. Uh, <laughs> feel like that. Oh. We'll make them blue or something, so they're yes. not uh, they're not as bad. Um, uh, you're going to be, I take it, probably covering the moose for the next little while. Hopefully into hopefully. next week, depending yeah, on what happens. I'm not done tomorrow. Yeah, you personally, be out there at the yeah. game. Otherwise, yeah, I'll be there tomorrow, and then you know, hopefully that, that goes a little bit longer because I'm hoping to watch some hockey here live again, but. There's always the ice too, and uh, you know, obviously the ice are, are doing well and, and and looking prime for, you know, a, a good run to the possibly the Memorial Cup. So that's the other thing too. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of good hockey this you know this off season um, for Jets fans to be watching, and then part of it's going to be just starting tomorrow. Uh, in that pivotal game three for the Manitoba Moose. So. I'll be there. Looking forward to seeing yep. you there, Scotty. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, there is Scott Billick. We're going to stay on Jets topics as well as uh, Barry Trotz, Manitoba Hockey, both with the Moose and the Manitoba, the uh, Winnipeg Ice, coming up with Mike McIntyre in just a minute. As I mentioned, Dan hydrated with my friends at Culligan Water, although I am using my Vita Health, uh, Vita Health uh, water bottle. Uh, Culligan is the water are the water experts here in Winnipeg and have been for over 65 years. Uh, they've got it all: water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Whether you need water services for the home, for the cottage coming up this summer, or the business, Culligan's there for you. 1200 Sergeant Avenue, 694-5180 and online at drinkculligan.com. Uh, our, friend, our friends over at Manitoba Battery continue to be busy heading into spring and summer, and that's why, for your convenience, they've expanded their hours open till 8 p.m. down at 1026 Logan Avenue weekdays right now. Um, Manitoba Battery is going to save you time, going to save you money, and will allow you to shop local, as opposed to popping down to Costco, spending the time driving there, the gas it takes to get there and back, parking, going around, finding it without having an expert to help you find out what you need. You'll be paying about $15 more and Manitoba Battery is going to deliver it to you for less and they'll also pay you $10 for your old battery. Uh, find out more. Give them a call at 783-8787 online at manitobabattery.com. Shop local, save money, save time. That's our friends at Manitoba Battery. Uh, and of course, Royal Sports. I was so fired up to get that text yesterday. Remus and I got it from Greg Hasbeek. The Canada soccer merchandise is finally coming in, and there is a ton of it. Uh, the Canada Weekend 2022 World Cup shirts are in. Uh, red jerseys, white jerseys, as well as Alfonso Davies, name and number. Um, jerseys, if you will. Um, and a huge expanded soccer section right now at Royal Sports as we get into the season. Uh, and not just soccer, though. Soccer, baseball, bikes, fitness gear, and the best selection of licensed merchandise anywhere in town is at Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. And you can follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest on 
the merchandise drops as well as big sales coming up. All right, let's keep the conversation rolling and welcome in Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press. Mike, how are you today? What's going on? Hey, Huss. Doing pretty well, thanks. Uh, all is well in the uh, in the world uh, and lots of anticipation of what might be to come. And no, I'm not talking about the draft lottery tonight and the, the slim chances that the Jets, uh, well, they can't grab the number one pick, right? I, I did sort of do a crash course earlier today on on all the new lottery rules. So I guess they could jump up to fourth uh, would be would be the best case scenario. But they're very likely going to get locked in at 14th. No, not that anticipation. The anticipation of of the uh, the hottest uh, free agent out there on the market right now in Barry Trotz. I know you and Scotty just uh, just chatted about him, but uh, yeah, a lot of excitement, a lot of nervous anticipation among uh, Jets Nation of of what might be to come, and uh, I guess we'll see how things play out here in the coming days and weeks. Well, I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, uh, most members of the media, anyone that covers the Winnipeg Jets, who has you know, discussed at length, wrote about, talked about what has plagued this team, certainly this season, and depending on who you believe and where you're at, dating back a number of years, realizes that there is a ton of work. There's a lot of talent on this roster, right? but this was so far from a cohesive team um, in so many ways. And, I mean, the Barry Trot, the fact that he was born in Winnipeg, coached at the U of M, grew up in Dauphin, Dauphin Kings, all these Manitoba roots. I mean, he's got, that is- name. He's got a street named after him up there. <laughs> well, he does. And you know what? I mean, listen, that counts and that matters. Um, and all in all, I mean, as I've been saying, I mean, this is probably way more than the Winnipeg Jets were considering when it would come to getting their new coach, but considering the needs, the problems in the organization right now and what signing Barry Trotz could do both on the ice, off the ice, in the community. And make no mistake about it. The business aspect, the regaining oh. the confidence of the fans and how much that would take place. The second that Barry Trotz is introduced to me makes this a, as far as a business decision, something that they need to be very aggressive on. But, I mean, you're, first of all, take us back to yesterday. What did you think when you heard that he was fired? And from your perspective, how big of a home run, if they could be aggressive and make it happen, would be getting Barry Trotz here, considering what's happened to this team since they went to the conference finals what, four or five years ago? Well, my immediate reaction was that Lou Lamorello had lost his bloody mind. Um, and he didn't... Uh, he didn't make me think any different when I saw his news conference and, you know, he was sort of pressed a little bit on, on why he made this decision. And he really seemed to struggle to give any kind of reason that made any kind of sense. I mean, to suggest that he felt the players needed a new voice, uh, but then in the same breath to admit that he didn't consult with any of the players. um, That's, that's an interesting way to approach, uh, your team and I gotta wonder. I'd love to be a fly on the wall on the group chat of uh, a lot of New York Islanders players today because for all the things you just listed off, Huss, about the message that it would send in this community to bring a guy like Barry Trotz on board, I gotta wonder what the message being sent within the New York Islanders community and within the team is regarding their kind of immediate future. You know. Dial it back a year. The Islanders, we got another Piper appearance here, by the way. Come so, on in, Piper. You're yeah. always welcome. Uh, I mean, they were coming off back-to-back Eastern Conference final appearances. 
against an, a superior Tampa team on paper that the Islanders gave the Lightning everything they could handle with, you know, a much lesser roster. And a big part of that is what Barry Trotz was able to get out of that group. They got a brand new building. Like, excitement, you'd think, around the Islanders was at an all-time high. Well, my goodness, can things change in a hurry? They obviously had a very disappointing season. Part of that was building-related, that they had to play 13 straight on the road to start the year, which was a murderous schedule. And as we know, Huss, I mean, the Eastern Conference, there were eight teams that really established themselves quite early as dominant teams and they separated themselves from the pack and so I don't hold this against Barry Trotz that you know they had to play 13 on the road they get ravaged by COVID and this was before the NHL um, you know pulled the shoot on you know that extended Christmas break and shut some teams down like the Islanders were forced to play through all that they basically fielded an AHL roster for a couple of weeks. This is after 13 straight on the road, and they just could never catch up. And to their credit, they didn't quit. I mean, they were one of the best teams in the NHL in kind of the second half of the season. Like, And, and you could argue they knew they weren't making the playoffs, and Barry Trotz still found a way to really get that group you know, motivated. And I think it just speaks to what – he's been able to do historically with lesser talented teams. And so to translate it to a Winnipeg situation, you know, the Winnipeg Jets roster, I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade it in a second with the Islanders roster. Winnipeg's roster is far more talented than what the Islanders have as a whole. And so if you're Barry Trotz, I mean, in addition to the, the hometown connection and the heartwarming kind of, uh, story that that would be I got to think if he's surveying the the NHL landscape about a team that he could potentially come into and with a few tweaks here and there you know maybe a few additions to the roster and some systematic changes and getting everybody to buy in I got to think Barry he's a smart guy he would look at this Jets roster and say I think I could do some pretty special teams with this group and so, you know, for all the Seattle's that I've heard, like in just in terms of possible landing spots for Barry Trotz, even Vegas to an extent, Vegas is in cap hell. Like they, they're going to have to make some really tough roster decisions. If you're Barry Trotz, just in terms of, of a fit, a hockey fit, forget about the personal connection, the Jets would have to be a pretty, a pretty appealing spot. And, you know, if you're true north, and I wrote this in my piece today, I jokingly said, you know, send him a blank check. But, I mean, that's kind of, that's how true north has to approach us, in my opinion. There is so much at stake. And, and as you say, it's not just the on-ice product. The message this would send to the fan base to kind of re-energize the market after a really tough few seasons, you know, in this market lot of it not their fault um but this past season felt like a significant step back and that's not my words that's a lot of players who, including the captain who talked about that getting Barry Trotz on board would feel like a major step forward and would 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 put the Jets I think back on the front burner for a lot of fans and I don't know that you can even measure the value of that certainly in a year where they couldn't sell out any games and they're going to be pushing hard to get season ticket renewals and all that going forward. Having Barry Trotz as the new face of your franchise would be a hell of a sales tactic. 
No, there's no doubt about it, Mike. And I mean, we've seen it, you know, here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. I'm sure you've felt it, you know, with your pieces in the uh, in the Winnipeg Free Press and just on social media that, you know, over the course of the second half of this season, there was, I mean, certainly there was anger with where the club was, but then there was some apathy. Like there were some people that were sort of checking out. Now, I think it was just, it was frankly somewhat depressing for people that care so much about the team to see a team with this much talent, you know, floundering where they were and going sure. in the direction that they were and finishing it out. The second the season ended, and maybe was maybe it was because some of the more salacious things that came out of what we were hearing from the players. Um, and then, of course, Mark Shifley's infamous uh, year-end, uh, year-end exit meeting, if you will, with the media before he'd met with Kevin Sheveldayoff. Um, People are back. Like people, the people that said, listen, I just can't watch. This is too much for me. They're right back because I think that it's obvious that there is a ton of passion. People care about this team, but they also aren't dumb and they've been watching it and has seen what's happened a little while. And whether, you know, there's some things people have heard, there's some things people have reported. It's quite clear that there's a lot of things that have been broken within this organization. And Barry Trotz ticks every single box when it comes in to be arguably the best possible guy to help what the hockey operations needs. Yeah. And I guarantee you as someone that spent a lot of time on the other side of things, when it comes to dealing with fans, regaining the confidence of this community in the direction of the club, it would literally be turned around overnight if that happens. And I'll tell you what, that's worth a lot to a National Hockey League club. Yeah, I, I don't think you could put a price on that. So as you say, True North would have to break the bank by by its own standards in terms of what they would have to pay for a head coach. But I think the return on that investment would be so significant that it would be a no-brainer. Like, And so I personally don't anticipate money being an object here. I, if Barry Trotz wants to come to Winnipeg, I think Barry Trotz ends up in Winnipeg because I don't think True North would balk at a certain price tag and say, you know what, that's just too rich for our blood. We're going to have to take a pass because I think the flips that they recognize the message that that would potentially send to the market. And I don't think they can necessarily handle the blowback that would probably come if that were the case, if, if they basically get outbid for Barry Trot. So I, and again, this is not an organization that operates on the cheap. People seem to gloss over the fact the Jets have been a cap team now for several straight seasons. In fact, they were over the cap. They were on it. They were they needed LTIR to get cap compliant this past year. And Kevin Cheveldayoff at his year end said that he expects that's going to continue. So this is not a franchise that's cutting costs or cutting corners. Um and you know, certainly when it comes to the coach, that's the reality these days. If you want a big name, a big marketable name, you got to pay. And that might mean paying four or five million dollars for your for your coach. You wouldn't they don't hesitate to pay that for a player, for a second or third line player, for uh, a third pairing defenseman. Um, Barry Trotz could come in and, as you say, check off those boxes. And to me, one of the big ones or two big ones, actually, Huss. We know that Barry Trotz teams, their attention to defensive detail is pristine. That's the area that I think everybody who watches the Jets would agree they need the most work in. Barry Trotz 
would, I suspect it might not be overnight, but he would overhaul the way this team defends, the way this team checks, the way this team plays in its own end, because that's a hallmark of any team he's ever coached. That being said, Barry Trotz has coached the greatest goal scorer, arguably, of this generation in Alex Ovechkin. So, and and I don't think you heard Alex Ovechkin cl- claiming that Barry Trotz suppressed his skills or didn't bring out the best in him. Alex Ovechkin won a Stanley Cup under under Barry Trotz, and Barry Trotz got a guy like Ovechkin to commit to the two way game to become a better all around player. So yeah, I'm looking at you, Mark Scheifele, and what a guy like Barry Trotz could potentially do for your career. And again, just as the message it would send within the community, I think would be one of excitement and hope. I got to think within the Jets room, landing a big fish like Barry Trotz would send a similar message. And so disgruntled players, whether it's Mark Scheifele, whether it's Connor Hellebuck, who clearly was not happy with how the year ended, for all those guys and that window that we talk about that remains slightly ajar anyways, I think that window gets kicked open really wide if you bring in a guy like Barry Trotz. Well, let me ask you something that I hit Billick with, and it just sort of came to me as we were talking about this. I and mean, we've spent a lot of time with Mark Shifley, and I mean, I've been talking about it. You know, really, this was before maybe some of the things that look worse on Mark, especially that final, uh, you know, his level of commitment to the team. Yeah. What we heard from his teammates and, you know, that that bit at the end. But I've often been thinking and started talking about this in November on this program that, you know, with where the team is and you're looking big picture, I mean, if you're not planning on signing a 31-year-old Mark Shifley to a big raise and a massive legacy contract, as I believe Kevin Sheveldayoff yeah. referred to some of the others uh, before, well, then what are you doing? He's one of your best assets going forward. Now, I think it's quite clear that he's um, a central figure in much of the unrest within the locker room and the organization for a long time. But regardless of all of that, if you know that you're not going to be in a position at the end of two more years and you don't think that right there, like that's the difference between you winning and losing a Stanley Cup. And I think right now it's hard to make that argument. Right. The best time to make one of those moves is right now because you've got two years left on an affordable contract. I mean, as Elliot Friedman and a number of insiders said, Mark Scheifele does go to the market. The Jets are planning on trading him. There will be dozens of potential suitors. Sure. So given that being the case, I do ask you, Mike, would a Trotz hire in Winnipeg make Mark Shifley's tenure, if you will, more salvageable at this point in the short term? Or at the same time, do they basically know what they have? They know what they've realized that, you know, has been issues with this club and utilize that trade and that piece to bring back, you know, a package of players or talent, prospects, whatever you want, that would fit in over the course of the next little while under a Barry Trotz regime. Where are you on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, because Shifley's con, certainly it would depend on the return, and you'd have to get a return that you feel could step in and at the very least um, cover for what you're losing in Mark Shifley. Um, Because don't forget, Mark Shifley's not the only guy that only has two more years on his deal. There's some other important players including your Vesna Trophy winner in net in Connor Hellebuck. He's only got two more years as well. Um, Blake Wheeler obviously has two more years. He's not as important a player as certainly Connor Hellebuck is these days. 
there's also the wild card of what are you doing with Pierre-Luc Dubois? Are you getting his name this summer on a long-term deal? Are you bridging him, which would walk him into free agency, which I think would be a very dangerous move if you're the Jets, and I don't think that's one they want to make. So there's so many moving parts here. And then there's that unknown of, well, what if what if a guy like Barry Trotz, if, we, if they hire Barry Trotz, what if he could tap into Mark Shifley and, and get him to be a player that, you know, he, he's a massive bargain now at that contract for what we're trying to accomplish. And, and if it means that we can compete for a cup in one of these next two years with him in the fold, is that a risk they're willing to take that, that you might lose him and, and his return is diminished? because you hold on to him too long. So it's a tough call for sure. And I think a big part of it would be how did those exit meetings go? You know, certainly what, what was said between Shevelyoff and Shifley, where's, where's Mark Shifley's head at? We know that he uh, didn't ask for a trade per Elliot Friedman. Um, At least he didn't flat out demand one, whether he's, I think he's dropped enough hints that he wouldn't, Bach at a change of scenery. I'd still love to hear that his agent didn't either. I mean, right, I, exactly. I, to me, that was somewhat dubious. And to be honest, and I got tons of respect for Elliot, but I mean, we all know how this insider game works. Yes. Uh, I have a feeling that considering, to be perfectly honest, how bad his client looked coming out at the end of the season, yes. that that may be a little bit of damage control from representatives, from some of the people that Mark had the conversations with that he talked about afterwards. The, uh, the they they got the uh, fire extinguisher out for sure to try and uh, and at least reduce the flames there. Um, but so you know, th- there's a lot to consider, and I-, I think that's why if you're the Jets, you got to get some clarity sooner rather than later on who your head coach is. And I guess if it's not Barry Trotz, who's it going to be? And and I think you then start to make decisions based on what you think that new coach is bringing. And specifically, because we know Mark Shifley, it's been such an issue. What's the buy-in going to be from Mark Shifley? Is is a new coach potentially going to make all the problems that exist disappear? And if the answer is yes, then I think it's a risk worth taking that you hang on to him and you try to maximize what you have with him and you try and win right now. If, if there's still doubt, though, as to his buy-in, um, as to his level of engagement and and just what you're going to get, then I think you have to move him in a heartbeat. And as you say, his value will never be higher than it is right now. And sort of each each game, each day that ticks off closer to when he could become a UFA, you lose a little bit of his potential return. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of a number of of big issues. But I think you know right now, obviously the trots. Uh, the Trotz decision is uh, is priority number one. And, you know, I guess a lot of this in my eyes, the, the puck is kind of in Barry Trotz's end right now, right? Like he probably, he's, he's going to control the situation. If he wants to make a decision quickly, if he wants to, to wait a few weeks to kind of collect his breath and maybe assess the landscape, you know, what other jobs might open up after this first round is over, or does any of that matter? If you're the Jets and if Barry Trotz wants to be here, I think you got to find a way to get this done ASAP. Um, so we're all going to be kind of on Trotz watch here for uh, for the next uh, few days, I would think. 
Mike McIntyre joining us on Winnipeg Sports Talk daily from the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, if you're new here, make sure to press the red subscribe button. We're here every day, one o'clock central time on YouTube. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast should be in your feed around 3.30 just in time for your drive home. Um, there's been plenty of speculation for a long time about the locker room in the Winnipeg Jets, the nature of the Wheeler-Shifley-Maurice relationship, and then everybody else. Uh, and I'm sure that's a huge, you know, listen, it's a, another major, major challenge for whoever comes in to take over this club and try and get this team back together, moving together in the right direction. What did you think about what you uh, you heard from James Patrick in that uh, that clip when he was on with uh, Laidlaw and Greshner, Mike? Well, I wasn't entirely surprised by the content that came out. I, I guess I was surprised that it came out the way it did and specifically, you know, who it was kind of sharing the story. James Patrick, obviously, he's not um, he's not the guy with three followers on Twitter and an egg avatar, um, <laughs> you know, talking about dysfunction in the locker room. He's James Patrick, you know, the coach of arguably the the number one junior team in the land. Oh, and a guy who very well could be an NHL coach. In fact, a guy that people, including myself, have mentioned as a potential candidate for the Jets coaching job. I got to wonder how James Patrick's comments went over in the uh, the upper offices of True North. No, I would not think they uh, they were received very well. You know, James Patrick, obviously very well connected uh, in the hockey world and certainly in the NHL. He's got connections to Buffalo. He's got connections to Philadelphia. That's where Kevin Hayes and Cody Eakin play. Those are the guys that he was talking about, you know, basically sharing stories about what he's heard. You know, there's a little bit of that element that this is like the game of telephone hus, where, you know, the story gets passed along and you wonder, you know, okay, how much of it is being exaggerated and, you know, because you were not hearing directly from the source. That being said, as as I mentioned, I'm not entirely surprised that guys like Eakin and Hayes might have, you know, from their brief time in Winnipeg, would have left thinking, man, there's a lot of, you know, just look at when they were here, right? Specifically when those guys were here. And, and it was around the time when things were not peachy keen in Jetsland, right? I'll say this. I mean... Different guys are going to have different experiences for sure. We know a guy like Paul Stasny, for example, he clearly, although he certainly called out some of the culture and some of what he was seeing publicly, he's a guy that we know he's he's twice waived a no trade to come to this team and this locker room. Is that because he has a bigger say than maybe an Eakin or a Hayes does? And, you know, who knows? But um uh, it was it was very revealing for sure, and as I say, a little eyebrow raising, and I suspect it didn't play very well uh, in the offices of True North. And you know, it's too bad we don't have any more availabilities with the captain or Shifley here until training camp, because I suspect those comments are probably going to be put to those players um, by one of us <laughs> scribes here, uh, given the source of where they came from. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, it's something that when you hear that, you know, it is something that is noteworthy because it's not just some dude at the end of the bar, sure. um, you know, saying it. It's someone that obviously has pretty strong hockey ties in Winnipeg. Obviously, he's the coach of a very successful team and the hockey yeah. community is relatively small and very well connected. Um, 
But it is interesting going back. I mean, again, folks check out yesterday's show if they want to actually hear the hear the whole thing. But um, you know, the Kevin Hayes thing goes back to 2019. I do wonder if that has been the case. I mean, it 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 shines a light on the fact that this is something that has been speculated for a long time. You've certainly seen evidence of it at times. Sure. But I mean, the, maybe the biggest concerning from Jet fans is that it doesn't seem like this has gotten any better over the course of the last no. three seasons. And and that is maybe the biggest organizational failure um, because it affects everything, uh, everybody else in the room. Um, and I think it's sort of kind of creeped out in as much of that connection. Listen, wins and losses are what's going to really fire up fans. But um, there's a real concern, I think, on I would almost offer the majority of the fan base about this. And it's not a new story, Mike. No, it's not. And, you know, I, I reported about a week ago, Huss, sort of, I think it was right after Garbage Bag Day there, um, that there was a – and we didn't know this at the time. I, I wasn't on the final road trip of the year, that one, too, because of the, the snowstorm, if you recall, yeah. canceled. I was supposed to be in Florida – Bucket list. It was going to be my Checking bingo. Checking off your part. last butt. Right. Um, and we now know, of course, what happened. And they lost every game on that road trip. But they really got their dinner fed to them in Florida, right? They got blown out 6-1 by the Panthers. And then they, they had that lead against Tampa the next night, which exploded. And they ended up getting caved in by the Lightning. Um, I, I reported last week. And again, I learned about this after the fact. There was a very heated uh, closed door players only meeting after that Tampa Bay game. Um, and I'm told there was a lot of raised voices. It was a passionate meeting. I can't kind of tell you who was saying what and, and who was maybe yelling at who. What I will say though, Haas, is it is very interesting. If you go back now, Kyle Connor after that Tampa game, that's when he made those comments that we all went, huh, where he, he talked about a lack of motivation among some guys. It is interesting because I know a lot of people want to dump on Mark Shifley. Yeah, he wasn't there. He didn't even, he wasn't even on the road trip. He didn't play that game. Um, so I know, again, a lot of people will say, well, it's Mark Shifley that everybody's mad at. Well, if there was a very heated players meeting that night and the Jets had just had this lead disintegrate and it was another ugly loss, I'm really curious maybe who some of the vitriol was focused at that particular night. And of course, it wasn't just that night. For the next few days, the comments started getting more and more pointed and heated publicly by players with Kyle Connor. Pierre-Luc Dubois and Paul Stasny being the most vocal of any Jets players. And, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated to know kind of how that meeting played out. And I don't get the sense, Huss, that anything particularly got settled. Now, to the Jets' credit, their next two games, they came out, they got shut out in New York. But I think they played a little better game and then in Carolina again there was some improvements there and then we know they came home and they they won their last four so yeah they didn't entirely quit on the air I don't put much stock in the last four games their opponents weren't really playing for anything either um but to their credit the Jets didn't just fold the tent they didn't and, quit they didn't quit um so you know good on them but it, it is interesting and it just speaks again as you pointed out 
These are not new issues. Um, you know, there was a closed door meeting just before the playoffs. Oh, game 81, Colorado, just right. on that stretch when everything was falling apart. And that game, if you recall, and if I'm not mistaken, Eric Comrie started that game. Yeah. If I and that was one of I, mean, I at the start of this year, I cited that game and a number of us because a lot of people were down on Eric Comrie. I'm like, can we go back and look at the way this team played in front of Eric Comrie and the few times that he started? Maybe right. it's time we give him a clean slate and going <laughs> yeah. forward. That was the game when the first power play stayed out for the full two minutes and Buff smashed his stick on the Dead. ice. And then they went in. I mean, that was a team that was absolutely combusting from inside. And yeah. They never were able to get back at it, despite winning those games three and four in St. Louis and having the lead in game number five. And as I said, winning does cure a lot of things. If Kevin Hayes doesn't pull that puck out of the uh, out of the what was going into the net right in game five and they go up three nothing and they win that game. Maybe that rewrites history, but it's funny that you talk about that towards the end of the season. Yes. And, and maybe Again. this season was a year that it should have been happening because of how disappointing the year was and they weren't going to the playoffs, but it's not unique to a team that was out of it. The same damn thing happened in 2019 when they were supposedly a legitimate Stanley cup contender. Well, Huss, I think we know why Kevin Hayes pulled that puck out. It's because it was the most toxic dressing room he's ever <laughs> been in. Um, he didn't want that puck to go in. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, and all of this speaks to the enormous challenge, whether it's Barry Trotz or someone else, is going to have on their hands. Like, you're inheriting a very talented but deeply flawed hockey team um, with some some warts that have some significant roots. And, you know, maybe some of those warts have been weeded out here in the last year or two, but clearly there are issues that remain and you know again we've talked about Paul Maurice and whether you loved him or hated him I think one thing Paul Maurice did a very very good job of is managing some of the very fragile prickly describe them however you want personalities in his room and keeping a lid on the pot here from completely boiling over at times and I do get the sense that once Paul Maurice was gone, there might have been that element a bit of the, you know, to use the old saying, the inmates running the asylum a bit. Well, I mean, listen, I, I mean, listen, I might take the other side of that. I mean, I think he did that for a long time, but I think the evidence is everywhere, Mike, that it was to the detriment of the team and the organization. Sure. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It's, it became to the point like a parent who almost maybe spoils their children too much. It comes back to bite you, right? And, and in that sense oh my goodness, what have I created? I've created a monster. Um, and and then in Paul Maurice's case, you know, he sort of got his Frankenstein on his hands and he's like, I'm out of here, guys. Let somebody else deal with this. Um, so, you know, that's where, again, a guy like, a guy with Barry Trotz's pedigree, his, his we know his communication skills, you know, are, are elite, you know, with the media, with players, he knows how to manage and and Huss, you just gotta look at the, the locker room. There were all kinds of reports of dysfunction in the Washington Capitals locker room. They've had serious issues over the years, and he found a way to get that group kind of united and all pulling in the same direction. Um, so I think a guy like Barry Trotz, he commands attention and he would get the attention of a room that probably needs somebody of his ilk to come in and you know, not not swoop in and save the day, but 
be the kind of leader that they they desperately need. Let me ask you, speaking of leaders, about Blake Wheeler, the guy with the C on his chest. And I had a, I think it was since we have last spoke, I, we were talking with Murat on the program on uh, on Wednesday. And I asked Murat, you know, if we were talking about Mark Shifley and you know, the potential that he'd be dealt. And I said, if that happens, where does that leave Blake Wheeler? And he had an interesting comment. And he said, you know, in a way, it potentially might leave him somewhat on an island here. Um, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put two possibilities to you. Because one involves Barry Trotz, and we have to acknowledge the possibility that Barry Trotz is not the next coach of the Winnipeg right. Jets. If Mark Shifley is traded and it's some other coach, what do you think that does to Wheeler's position with the Winnipeg Jets? And regardless of Shifley being here or not, if Barry Trotz comes in, how do you think that affects the uh, the captain? Well, let's take Blake Wheeler at his word that he wants nothing more than to win a championship. That's what he tells us. And he he's repeated time after time that he knows he's running out of time. You know, Blake Wheeler's accomplished a lot of great things in his career. He's never won a Stanley Cup. If that really is Blake Wheeler's ultimate goal, and again, I, I, I know Blake Wheeler is a fiercely competitive individual. I think we see that in the way he plays, you know, playing through injuries to the detriment at times of himself and even arguably his team, that's a very proud individual in Blake Wheeler. If it's all about winning, I got to think Blake Wheeler would be, do he'd, he'd be willing to do whatever it takes to get this team to where he believes it can be. And so if that means playing a lesser role, heck, if that means stepping out of the leadership group because there's others in mind that they feel, you know, younger blood, if you will, new voices needed. You'd like to think Blake Wheeler would be fully on board with that because it fits his stated declaration of it's all about winning. It's all about the team. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and and suggest that he's being very truthful when he says those things. Actions do always speak louder than words. Um, and you'd hope that in a situation like that, things like ego and status wouldn't get in the way of, of doing what's ultimately best for everybody. And I think when we talk about Blake Wheeler and perhaps a new coach, there's a clean slate there. And I don't imagine a new coach gives a hoot about what Blake Wheeler has done in the past. I mean, you'd respect it, sure. The fact of the matter is, what do I have in front of me today? And what is this player going to help me do tomorrow and beyond? And, I mean, we saw, I think, down the stretch, Huss, Blake Wheeler, who wasn't playing with Mark Shifley, um, he was on that line with Stasny and Ehlers. That was a nice little line that they had going. They they were doing some good things. Blake Wheeler looked like a guy who had an extra, you know, giddy up. He spoke He spoke about it afterwards. I mean, he, he said did. as disappointing as the season was, he was having a lot of fun playing with Ehlers and Stastny and would have liked maybe a few more games to do sure. it. And I I completely agree with you. I mean, he and Shifley both had really tough starts to the season. And he took a lot of flack as, you know, what happens when you're a captain in a Canadian city when the team's not winning and, you know, you're not doing what is expected of you. Right. Um, but I'll say this. I mean, even the biggest Wheeler, uh, the the haters or whatever you want to call them, his biggest critics 
quieted down somewhat in the second half of the season sure. because I think he did play at a pretty high level and did a lot of things that, you know, a new head coach would want to have in the lineup. So, again, if you're Blake Wheeler, this is the reality face you. You know you're getting a new coach this summer, one way or the other. It's either Barry Trotz or somebody else, but there's going to be a new voice. You either work with that person and try and accomplish a common goal, knowing if you're Blake Wheeler, you basically have two cracks left at this, right? That's all you got left on your contract. And father time is knocking on your door. And I think if you're Blake Wheeler, that reality was driven home this way in in this past year in a way that hasn't in the past. He suffered a significant injury. A guy that had been injury proof was suddenly on the shelf for a couple months. So you know time is fleeting. You better make the most of it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Mike McIntyre with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, Mike, before we go, I know you're going to be paying attention to the moose. Um, Man, what a brutal... I mean, you know, you go on the road, you've got the chance to, you know, you know, get one of those wins. You're the much better team over the course of two games. You come down 0-2. I mean, this is a, a tall task for the Herd, who <clears throat> came into this Calder Cup playoffs with some significant expectations and hope within that dressing room. be very interesting to see what we get tomorrow night. I expect the Moose will play their asses off. I just hope they can score a few goals. Yeah, that's that's been the, uh, the issue, Hasla. <clears throat> Got a little frog in the throat. Very choked up, very emotional. Um, yeah, I mean, the Moose, by all accounts, kind of played their asses off in Milwaukee. And 86 shots over two games, that's impressive. Three goals on those 86 shots, not so much. Um, interesting that Connor Ingram, he's just been returned to the Admirals today. Of course, he started the last three games against the Avalanche for the Preds. That being said, if you're Milwaukee, you're not making a goaltender switch, are you? I, I can't imagine that they would that they would replace the guy that has kind of single-handedly put them a game away from winning the series. Um, so I got to think Connor Ingram is probably going to be on the bench tomorrow night here in Milwaukee or here in Manitoba against Milwaukee. They are, though, getting a couple of players, including Cody Glass, who... Uh, who played the last couple games for the Preds. He'll be in the lineup. So they're getting some <clears throat> some recruitments. The Moose have their work very much cut out for them. Uh, but this is a resilient group, and I don't think they're – I got <clears throat> the sense that they're not ready for their season to end just yet. I would expect to see their absolute uh, best effort tomorrow night at Canada Life Centre. We've got the Culligan experts going over right now to a McIntyre HQ to hydrate you, get you some water. Uh, we'll, we'll let you go, Mike. Uh, but thanks so much. This is a great conversation. And uh, I'll look forward to uh, reading all about the moose and uh, all of the trials and tribulations of what's happening with the Winnipeg Jets over the course of the next uh, days and weeks to come in the Winnipeg Free Press. Have a great one, and maybe we'll see you at the rink tomorrow. You bet I will be uh, I will be down there. Sounds like press row is going to be uh, filled to capacity. Uh, the whole gang will be out. So looking forward to it. Right on. Thanks, Mike. You bet. There it is. Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, all right. Uh, hey, well, it's not quite golfing time for the Moose, and hopefully they'll be able to put off tee times for a while. However, Breezy Bend members getting ready to tee it up beginning on Friday. If you're looking for a long-term home for 
your family on the golf course at a spot with a great junior program, women's programs, wonderful patio, hospitality, practice range, and big improvements to the course over the last couple of years. Join one of Manitoba's premier golf clubs, Breezy Bend. Find out more about the waiting list right now, what's available this summer. Talk to our pal Corey Johnson over at Breezy or find out more online at breezybend.ca. Uh, and maybe you're looking for a new car. If you are looking for a new vehicle, whether you've been planning on it for a while or the potholes have pushed you into the market, start your look at Not Auto Corp. Speak with the Knock experts about all the great vehicles they've got on site. Incredible selection of electric vehicles, including Tesla. They've been the Tesla leader in Manitoba for a long time. They've got a great Tesla experience program to teach people more about the switch to an electric vehicle. Uh, but regardless, if you're looking for a new ride, why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Knot team? Go visit them at Waverly and McGilvery or visit them online at knot.ca. And uh, hey, going to be getting nice out. I'm sure the rain will be back, but it's sunny outside today. Might be a great time to pop down and see our friends at Little Brown Jug on William Avenue, the favorite beer of Winnipeg Sports Talk, and of course, the award-winning Winnipeg's favorite beer in the Winnipeg Nightlife Awards a few weeks ago. Uh, you can pick up Little Brown Jug at fine bars and restaurants throughout the city. Try that 1919 on tap or pop by your local liquor mart or beer store for the full Little Brown Jug selection. And of course, you can also get it at the Tap Room on William Avenue or citywide delivery available Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays online at littlebrownjug.com. Okay, um, coming up next... Many of you are Letterkenny fans. Many of you are longtime listeners that will remember some of Terry Ryan's epic conversations on 1290, especially on the roundtable with our good friend Rick Ralph. But Terry Ryan, the former number one uh, first-round draft pick of the Habs and the author of Tales of a First-Round Nothing, is one of the most interesting men in the sport of hockey, and now he's getting into a little bit more acting. He stars in Shorzy, which debuts on Friday on Crave, the uh, sequel, if you will, or the spinoff from the very popular Letterkenny show. And a little bit earlier before the show today, we got a chance to catch up with Terry Ryan to talk about it. Here it is. Terry, what's up, man? It's great to, uh, great to talk to you again. It's nice to be here. Thanks a lot under these unexpected circumstances. Thanks for having me, Andrew. No, no doubt about it. Um, but you know, well, let's get right to it. I mean, how did this all come about? I mean, I knew you'd been working within the uh, the movie business, both doing stunts and uh, working on crews. Uh, now in front of the camera, what's what's going on? Fill us in. Well, I did, and you know, I I have been working in you know my first four years, I'd say, working in the crew early two thousand and tens. And I only got in, my good buddy Alan Hawko was, uh, played Jake Doyle on Republic of Doyle. And he also was part of Take the Shot Productions, the producers of that show. So I got a job on there as a locations guy, a production assistant. Really um, means to an end to make some money. I was just getting out of school. I needed to take care of a family and pay some bills. And, uh, you know, I, I just kept poking at the stunt guys when they would come in and say, you know, I fought Tidomi at center ice. Give me a chance. Give me a chance. James Binkley was his name, actually, and he would be like, you know, T-Bone, it's about timing, not so much balls. I mean, it's a little bit of both. But one day, someone's flight didn't get in. They needed somebody to do a pretty minor stunt on Republic of Doyle. I did it. And a couple of years later, I did uh, the very first scene in Frontier. Required someone with no tooth to, uh, well, it required a British soldier to be beaten up, okay? So I think they, they liked the fact I had no tooth. It's an easy layup for the wardrobe uh, or for the hair and makeup people. 
and they didn't want to burn a real actor, right? All I all I say is please have mercy. It's literally the very first scene in Frontier. I think that changed a lot of things for me. And uh, but it was it was really a one off. Again, I'm on the crew nine out of ten. I just happened to do the odd stunt. But anyway, one thing led to another. Um, I did. I, I got a role in a movie, an indie film called A Fire in the Cold Season, and I, that was my first real role. Like throughout, I was played a psycho again, no tooth. And I think the casting people from Letterkenny started to take a little bit of notice because they wanted hockey players. Now, this was unbeknownst to me. I didn't know. I never even thought of crossing provinces. This is, we got a couple of major studios in St. John's. Uh, it's, it's solid work. And that's what I thought I'd be doing. But um, anyway, one thing led to another. And I, I, I came on Spit and Chicklets. I know Jared Kiso listens to that and a lot of other hockey podcasts. So when my book came out, you know, and I was in the film world, Jared hears me on Chicklets. I think all those things came together. And for a scene in season eight, a lot of people don't realize Shorzy's coming, yes, but season eight, I had one scene as a Newfoundlander in Letterkenny. Uh, it was it was a monologue. It was probably five minutes, but it was only one scene. And I guess they might have liked what they saw. I really don't know. I got a call, Andrew, last June. I said, are you kidding me? I honestly thought it was a joke. I couldn't believe it. I said, call me back when I hang up. Send me an email. I don't believe you. You want me being a major show? Like I said, I work on crew, I do some stunts, but I meet all the actors that come in. Half the people on the crew are actors that don't ever get a chance like this. And, you know, without even having to audition, I guess my audition was Letterkenny, but, you know, it's amazing. And he's, I know that Jared, you know, went out on a limb for us. I'm not sure everybody wanted hockey players, but hmm. it certainly is working out so far. I'm glad he did. I mean, I'm kind of nervous. I don't really know what people are going to expect, but... I think we did a pretty good job considering, and I really do. Get back to your original question. I got lucky. That's the answer. <laughs> I got lucky. Well, Terry, I mean, listen, it sounds like a pretty good hire. I mean, anyone that's familiar with both your career, your books, hearing you speak after your career, um, listen, you're right up there on the beauty list. And I mean, this story is, uh, this this show is about beauties and is about hockey. I mean, this probably could not be a better role uh, if you could have created it yourself. I mean, uh, you know, Newfoundlander playing on a senior hockey team. It's got hockey stories. It's got late nights. It's got carousing. I mean, this sounds like this was made for Terry Ryan. Yeah, I mean, people say, you know, like, look, as far as acting goes, I can't imagine. Like, I play a, I play a former first-rounder from Mount Pearl, you know, so there's a lot of similarities going on. And And, you know, the other thing, the whole process, you know, when we got to do a dressing room scene, you say we probably do a few in a row. So we're in the dressing room for pretty much the full day for a few of those days, right? So now here we are, a bunch of hockey players trying to accomplish a goal, even though it might not be to win the actual championship through competition. We still have to go out and 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 simulate that to a degree. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of the hockey stuff, we were just flowing. They had the camera on. They wanted to make it look authentic, and you know, certain things obviously we had to. There was a means to an end, but you know, it's happening. For real, it's not, you know, we had a little bit of leeway. So anyway, it's not just the Amity stuff that I think makes this, separates it from a lot of their hockey stuff that, that looks real professional and well done. It's the, the camaraderie in the room. So we'd be telling stories and, you know, the director might say cut. And then we, we would build on that. And, you know, Jared played Junior A. So, you know, he played with Jeff Carter. He'd tell a Jeff Carter story and then maybe Jordan is it, Nolan, who had three Stanley Cups that played with him, would build off that. And then I would say, well, you know, I know a guy, Greg Bird, Doug Smith, and he know, and and it would just be this great atmosphere of, you know, some people that enjoy the game of hockey, if they still play beer league, 
What are you doing it for? You're doing it for the stories and the camaraderie. And that hour after a beer league game is really important to a lot of people, me included when I play beer league. I really enjoy that hour. Well, we had like eight of those hours for multiple days in a row. And that was at the very beginning. We got to really know each other, feed off each other. And it became a truly symbiotic relationship. Everybody was better because of the group. And it was like, it, I couldn't stress enough how close to real life this felt. So I think it looks authentic. I've seen it in order to do this mini press tour we're doing. And I think it looks authentic. I'm kind of nervous. I don't get nervous much, but I don't know how it's going to be received. But uh, it felt like a real team. Like, it feels like we just played the first season of a pro contract, you know? Well, I mean, you know, regardless of what you're doing, I mean, you're, when you're working with a bunch of others, I mean, it is about building a team. And it sounds like you guys have done exactly that. For folks that might not be familiar with Letterkenny, tell us about Shorzy and, and fill people in on Ted Hitch Hitchcock. Yeah, well, so, I mean, Shorzy is a prominent character in Letterkenny, but you, the, the, the ongoing joke is that you never see his face, right? So, and they find very creative ways to hide it. I won't give too much away if you haven't seen Letterkenny. I really do think it's one of the best shows out there. And, and side note, I'm a huge Letterkenny fan. So to say it was surreal was um, just a, a complete understatement. But uh, in this world, Shorzy moves from Letterkenny to Sudbury and uh, he joins the local team, the Bulldogs. And they're on a terrible streak. They're lost like 15 or 20 in a row. And he wants to either quit or he says, I never want to lose another game again. So we're part of the solution, I guess. He, um, luckily enough for me, I'm Ted Hitchcock. I get brought in from Newfoundland. And there's uh, Joe Dolo. There's Andrew, the the, the gun Anson, and he plays Goody. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the gyms, without giving too much away in every character, it's a bunch of us that are real-life hockey players that come in to kind of save the day and uh, all the fun and shenanigans that go along with that. And the Shorzy character is more old school than new school, okay? For those that don't know, so expect a little bit of an, uh, you know, an homage to the era of, I guess, to the 90s, maybe the 80s. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm wearing a mullet. This is my character. So start there. But, uh, yeah, it was um, the, the, the process was unique, to say the least. Uh, I've worked in the films now for a decade, and I've never seen it where that when you say cut, just everybody doesn't go to their trailer or at night when you get home after a 12 hour day, you're exhausted. But we, we treated it like a hockey team. Like, what do you do, man? We're in, we're on the road somewhere in LA. Why are we gonna, let's go to the nicest restaurant. What's open tonight? Respect is burning. Let's all go. And like 12 of us would go down. It was wild. It really did feel like a family thing. So, I mean, I hope, I hope people receive it well because it was a lot of fun. I hope I get to do it again. Terry Ryan's with us. Terry, uh, Ted Hitchcock loves martinis, or as he calls them, martunis. I guess that was a real stretch for uh, you to add that into the the uh, the the acting uh, resume for you, huh? I guess you got to learn some new things, like a couple of cocktails. Well, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad it was. I didn't know where he was going to go with it, but I'm like, you know, if this is a Newfoundlander that really runs off at the mouth, that's a little rough around the edges. He's probably going to drink something. I mean, you know, like. Letter Kenny plays on stereotypes, I think, in a good way. Some people don't like that. I love it. Um, you know, let's all laugh at ourselves, right? And uh, so the Newfoundland character, yeah, I, I think without going too far into, you know, it, it's not a dumb Newfie. It's a, it's a carefree Newfoundlander that, you know, is very unique and sometimes has something interesting to say, albeit in a 
maybe an intriguing, different, weird way. But they're, they're the, the heart of the show deals with, you know, I, to get back to the Martuni, yes, I love it. So this character loves Martunis. But each, each character has a few little things that define them from everybody else. Uh, and I love that about Jared because he's an expert at those small details that some people would think wouldn't matter. But it does matter, right? It matters that Hitch drinks Martunis. It matters that Dolo sp speaks French. Uh, it's just funny. Wait till you see it. Um, it, it, it matters these that we have a, a pet bird named Big Sexy, right? It's just it, it's small little details, but, you know, they add laughs, they add humor, and they add heart. But the more you know about a character, even if it's just that he likes a martini, um, I think the, the deeper connection that you have with him or her, right? So it, I, I feel that love me or hate me in the show, I'm going to be well connected with the people that, you know, enjoy it. Terry Ryan is with us, one of the stars of Shorzy, which debuts on Crave on the Friday, the uh, coming up on the 13th of May. Terry, you're well-renowned for your incredible hockey stories from uh, your times as a player. Uh, any of those stories make it into the show, or are uh, they uh, mostly kept for the podcast? That's interesting. Um, I believe, yeah, I mean, I you know, Jared listens to my podcast, and I know he's read at least one of the books, so... I don't know, and I don't want to. There's nothing direct, but if you, if you were to watch six episodes, I think there are a few times that you can draw real life TR experiences from Hitch's experience. And I would think if we keep going, again, I'm, I don't know this, but just lightly talking to Jared, having the odd beer, talking hockey, I think some of that might come into play. There might be different ways that we go about it, but we're having fun. He's having fun, right? The, that's the thing. This is a job. I hope people like it, but I think it's a bit of a passion project for him. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm merely the receiver of good fortune, but if I was a creator like Jared and I played hockey and it'd be one thing to make a movie about, I don't know, a, a tornado, but it's another thing to do it about what you're passionate about. So I think more and more of that is going to come up. And not only me, Joe Dolo is an actual rapper. I think you're going to see a lot of his music. You know, Goody's an, an ultimate fighter. You're, you're going to see a lot, all these people, the avenues that they go back to. I think I think their real life story is going to come in in a unique way. I don't think at any point you're going to see Nasty Morasty for real, but he plays Jim in the show. And maybe some of his real life occurrences might come out through Jim. You know, I don't want to give too much away here, but you see what I'm saying. Speaking of psychos from back when they were playing, holy smokes, Morasty was one bad dude. Um uh and Terry, uh, I just quickly mentioned the podcast for people that want to hear more of you. Tell us about it, where people can find it, and uh, what you chop up on that. Uh, Tales with TR. So um, the Hockey Podcast Network, it's under that umbrella. They have 30-odd podcasts. They called a few years ago, you know, because they, their idea was to have a podcast for each NHL team and just see where that went. So I was, they wanted me to do Montreal, and I really didn't have time. And look, I watch a lot of hockey, but if you're specifically doing a team, to be true to it, you got to know every prospect. You got to know the contracts. You got to know a lot of things that I just don't have the time to know. But I do enjoy stories, and I do have a lot of friends that are that I'm connected to one way or another. So there was no plan behind this. I agreed. They were nice enough. They said we think you have a good voice to, to, for for you know for what we're looking for, and you can do whatever you want. So you know, let's try it. We'd love to be associated with your brand or whatever. And I thought that was an ultimate compliment. So I did. And so I just started, I started to, I called Ken Reed, I think first, Aaron Ashton, some of my good friends. 
And now we, I'm doing episode 102 tomorrow. And it's funny, almost every guest I've had is, they're interesting, but they're like a, either a teammate or someone that I came across in the film world, or but they're connected to me. Um, and I enjoy that. I, I, so I, I've yet to hit the point that I'm like, if people say, why don't you get, I don't know, uh, Trevor Ziegler's time. Why don't you ask, you know, you're, you're here in Buffalo or, or I was at the Chicklets Cup in Vegas. You know, why don't you get Tom Wilson on? I could, but, and maybe at some point, but I, I don't know. I really, my podcast, I like talking to people that I've come across that I might not know that well. I mean, Matt Murley was on a couple of weeks ago. I met him in Vegas, but, you know, I got some kind of a connection and then we built from that. And, you know, at my age now, I think I'm right in between. I know that my father played pro hockey, 69, I'm 45. And, you know, I still, you know, at home, play senior hockey. I got, that's done now, but I did this year. I know all the kids. So I'm really in this world that I'm well connected with all these people from the great game and the journey that I've been on. So my podcast, I think, I didn't try it and, and it wasn't a selfish move, but it almost, it, it, this is my story, right? My book is my story, but these are the people I've come across. I'm merely, a, 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 I'm a journeyman in the game of hockey, just like most fans. I happen to play in the NHL. But most of the people, you know, I only played a, a small, a short time, even pro hockey. What was it, seven years? I'm 45. So most of my life's outside of that. But it still creates all these, you know, it might, my hockey, you know, playing career ended. But I'm still, like, Shorzy's directly a result of that. So it's still paying off. And hockey can give back in so many ways. So I think when you, when you listen to my podcast, you're hearing not only about my story, that would be a personal selfish way to look at it, but I think you're seeing the great things that hockey can do. A lot of the people I have on aren't, aren't NHL players, but they, David Lomanowicz married a girl from New Orleans, played a few years in the coast in the AHL, got a great job right now. Randy Petruck, same thing. Moyle Cup with the Kamloops Blazers, never played a game with Carolina, but settled down in Cincinnati, has a great kid, has a great job. There's all kinds of ways hockey gives back, but for the fan who's just all about the NHL, I mean, I can see that if you're a big fan, but if you're actually a fan of the game, you want to hear about the nuts and bolts, the ins and outs, the people that success is in the eyes of the beholder. I often say in hockey schools, if the first thing, like, you know, you go, you can go and just play junior A, but that's an experience. Not everybody gets to live on their own when they're 18 or 17 and, and, and you know, see the world with, with a teammate and getting to go through that, that, that that's maturity. You can get a scholarship. You can play in, you know, all over the world. You can make, if you play, you, you know, if you want, you can go if you're a decent hockey player and play in Japan now if you want. There's so many experiences that can be taken from the game. And I think my podcast, if, if anything, I hope that people get that from it. But really, they're just conversations. And uh, it seems that people are enjoying it. So I'll keep going as long as people keep listening. No doubt about it. People make sure to check that out. Hey, just on the way out, you mentioned that you're still very much tied in watching the game. Any theories or insider scuttlebutt on what the hell happened to our Jets this year? I don't know. Like I, two years ago, I had them to win, man. And it's, I don't know every year that at this point, like I was a believer the last couple of years, but I don't know what you got to do now. I hear is Barry Trotz really being talked about to come in to be the coach or no? Well, listen, I mean, the entire city of Winnipeg is on edge right now hearing that he got fired on Monday morning. I mean, that will be that will be the number one choice. And listen, if he they could possibly get him, we're talking about, um, you know, ticking off a number of boxes of what it seems is ailing this club right now. But uh, I'm sure there'll be quite a bit of interest in Mr. Trotz from around the National Hockey League, considering well, what he's done in his career. Look, I wish him the best. I enjoy Winnipeg. It's a great hockey city. And I'm, I was so pumped. One of the. One of my favorite days as a hockey fan 
was 10 years ago now, I believe, when they got their team, you know, back. It was a great moment if you're a Canadian hockey fan one way or the other. I play a lot of ball hockey with, with people from Winnipeg, and, and, and I go to Aaron Ashland's golf tournament, Portage, every year. I'm going again in July. Uh, Aaron's chance to play. Um, and so I really do have an affinity for the people there, and I, I've seen games. I, it's wild. I absolutely love it. I thought they had a great nucleus and still do. I can't put my finger on it, man. I don't know. I wish you guys the best because it's a great hockey city. Terry, you're the best. I cannot wait to see Shorzy wishing you and everybody luck with the new show and uh, obviously with the podcast as well. And whether when you're uh, here in Manitoba for the tournament later on this year, or closer to the season, would love to have you back on the show sometime and chop it up a little bit more. But uh, all the best and can't wait to see Shorzy. No problem. Thanks a lot for having me on. And May 13th, it shall be revealed. Uh, hopefully it's uh, hopefully you enjoy it. And, and uh, I hope it's well received by the hockey community and film community alike. Terry Ryan, what a beauty. All right, we've got to get to a few things. It's draft lottery day. I'm not pleased that we're back in the lottery, but we will have to do a draft lottery simulation and got some moose tickets for the game tomorrow. So uh, hang tight here. I do want to thank Princess Auto, great sponsors of ours and great sponsors of the Gold Eyes and Bombers. Gold Eyes season coming up in a week. And if you can believe it, I was just doing the lock shop with Dustin Nielsen earlier today. He's going to be calling CFL action in less than two weeks. It's all happening. Princess Auto, the tailgate zone outside of IG Field for Blue Bomber games this season will be the place to be. Great to see Princess Auto sponsoring. That's become a real popular spot to go to before Bomber kickoff. Of course, Princess Auto, also the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new. Is it Princess Auto? Two Winnipeg locations, Panet and Princess. And of course, you can shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. Boston Pizza will be a great spot tonight. Four great playoff games. We'll get to those in a minute in the cool bet lines. No better spot to gather with the gang than your local BP with all the games on the big screen, enjoying gourmet pizzas, Boston wings, and maybe a few ice-cold schooners as well. If you're not heading out tonight, you can also check out their game day deals and order online at bostonpizza.com. You know what would go great with the pizza? A blizzard from our friends over at the Nick and Nicky DQ Group. They've got four locations in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba, the DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Great sponsors of ours have been with us since day number one. And when you pop by your local Nick and Nikki DQ, I know everyone's thinking blizzards right now with the weather getting nicer, but might I suggest you dive into one of their new stack burgers as well. They're absolutely phenomenal. And if you're thinking about getting one in the city, all three Nick and Nikki DQs right now on all the delivery apps as well. Um, Big cheers to our friends over Canadian Club. We've got the Canadian Club RTD ready to drink Canadian Club and Ginger, which is everywhere now. Had a couple on the weekend, ah, phenomenal. And, um, you know, as a low-maintenance individual, not having to pour it and mix it, very, very popular. Stick a six-pack in the fridge, put them in the cooler, you'll be ready, it'll be the drink of the summer. Pick up the CC, ready-to-drink CC and ginger ale at your local beer store or your Manitoba Liquor Marts and check out the CC displays where you get a free can with any Canadian club purchase all month long at 26 of the biggest Manitoba Liquor Marts. All right, let's get Remus back in here. We got to do a draft lottery sim. We got to do some moose tickets. We got to do cool bet lines. Uh, but man, 
Terry Ryan was awesome, huh? What an absolute beauty. We're going to have to get him back on the show as well, maybe when he's not uh, pitching the show as much and just talk a little hockey. Few guys have better stories than Terry Ryan. What a beauty. Yeah, I was in studio with uh, Rick and Josh Green years ago, and Rick asked, uh, Rick Ralph asked Josh Green, you know any guys who've got good stories? And first guy top of his um, head, uh, Terry Ryan. This was before his book came out and I think we I called him a while ago this years ago and um he mentioned that it you know coming on helped his uh, helped his book sales tales of first round nothing very entertaining read he's got a ton of great stories uh, loves to talk I gotta see the show it's nice of um it's nice of Bell and Crave to reach out to us to help promote their show I don't know how they found how they found out we were here but it was nice of them to think of us I don't uh, know. Yes, the irony. I don't know if they knew where we were before, but I, I'm, was, I appreciate them thinking of it. It was nice. Yeah, I might not be shilling for uh, many Bell products, but if you tell me Terry Ryan's coming on the show, we'll talk about it. And obviously, Letter Kenny, incredibly popular, and a lot of people yeah. looking forward to seeing Shorzy. Yeah, it seems like it's gonna be. So I know it got picked up in the states too, so it's not just some uh, Canadian show. So uh, we wish. Uh, Wish them all the best. Nice to see some, you know, some shows like this uh, get some mainstream attention. Errol James says, Terry Ryan owes me smokes and chili. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, we will get Terry on again sometime, but definitely check that out. Even if it is on a Bell platform and they might not be the hey. most popular company here in the WST chat. To be fair, I, I mean, I use, I, Bell is powering this show with, uh, with internet. Yeah, well, that's I don't part of I... the reason why it didn't work last Friday. I had yeah. to drive to your house. So I guess you win some, you lose some. Huh? Yeah. Any, any, anyways. Um, okay, couple things that we're going to need to do. Um, we've got some moose tickets to give away. Um, but you know what? Can we? I think we need to get to the draft lottery simulator first. It is tonight. It is tonight, 5.30 p.m. our time. Uh, we will find out. Who is going to be picking first in the draft in Montreal? Here are your draft probabilities, folks. For the first overall pick, Habs at 20.2%. And I did appreciate, I believe it was Waiters, making a note that there is only one team that has ever finished 32nd in NHL history. More history for the Habs this year. Uh, but they do have the best chance of winning the first pick and doing it at home. Big bit would be a huge moment for the franchise. Arizona, 14.5. Kraken, 12.3. Philly, 10.2. Jersey, 9. Chicago, 8. Ottawa, 7. Detroit, 6.4. Buffalo, 5.4. Anaheim, 3.7. And San Jose, 3.2. Because the Jets did not finish in the bottom 10 of the league, they are not eligible for the first pick. If the Jets do win the draft lottery they can only move up as high as fourth pick. So essentially, and shout out to ineffective math for these numbers, the Jets have a 3.2 chance of picking fourth, a 2.1% chance of picking 15th. That would mean the Vegas Golden Knights or the Vancouver Canucks, the two teams behind them in the lottery, win and bump the Jets down. And it is highly likely, just south of 95%, that the Jets will be picking 14th. Um, 
Can we can we sim this lottery, Remus, and see what happens? I it, this was always fun back in 2016 when we did it for about an hour, seemingly every single day during breaks back at 12:90. Oh yeah, this was so fun when your team was not in. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the odds here. So here, uh, Tankathon.com. Shout out to them. They've done the math on this show or the math on the site, and we can hit sim and see who wins. Is that yep, what we do? It. I think that's it. I, I haven't done this yet this year. I've tried to stay away from the draft lottery right, for a while. The Chicago. Oh, wow, the Blackhawks. So it's protected. Chicago would technically win under that situation. The Jets are 14. Yes. Now it looks like, and this is an interesting scenario here. So Columbus is picking second in this. Columbus is not eligible to win the first pick. So this actually, I guess, is Columbus winning the winning the lottery. Uh, and moving up the full 10 spots into second, Chicago picking first, and Montreal. Of course, Winnipeg picking fourth. Just crank this through four or five times. Let's see if the Jets ever get to uh, get into the top three. Nope, we got Ottawa, San Jose, Montreal. That's crazy. Winnipeg at 14. That would be wild. Okay, Dude. give her again. Montreal. Next one. Detroit. Montreal, Detroit, Arizona. Essentially, Detroit would be the big winner moving up into the uh, into the two hole. Still, Winnipeg in fourteen. Seattle, there you go. Kraken, Montreal. How many? Just keep pressing it. How many times do we have to do it to well, see if Winnipeg actually? I was going to say. I was thinking about that, but the odds of them getting getting. What four? It's one is, in twenty, is, essentially. Yeah, one in twenty. So we can do, we can all do some quick math. But how many times would it actually take if you hit the button? <laughs> is totally different than probability. Come on. See, uh, Jersey, yeah, Montreal, Arizona, the top three. Yeah. And then someone asked, "When is the draft lottery?" Thankfully, they have a, a time, a countdown timer here. Five thirty. Five thirty today, folks. I couldn't do math. I just said two hours and twenty-five minutes. Winnipeg time. Okay, what? One more lottery sim here. Philly, Buffalo. And again, listen. It's all. We're probably picking fourteenth. Not that any of these simulations will at all affect what's happening tonight. No. Um, but there's one actually. That last one that you did. We the Jets actually moved down to fifteenth. So either Vancouver or Vegas uh, yeah. got it. So uh, again, if you want to have some fun with this for the next couple hours, feel free. It's uh, what is it? Tankathon.com. Yeah, uh, but I think it's a pretty safe bet that the Jets will be picking 14th. So um, you probably don't need to rearrange your schedule to be watching it, although it'll be fun. I mean, it's a big National Hockey League night, big night for the Habs, uh, as well as some of these other teams hey, that are in. I remember when doing the show for the draft lottery the last time, um, being in studio for the for the thing, you know, with the line A draft lottery. It was that was that, a wild experience. Is, that, was... that is still, for me personally, like not media member, but just Jets fan, Winnipeg guy, hmm. winning that draft lottery, considering the players that were available, was one of the most memorable moments in the last 11 years as a Jets fan. I don't think there's any doubt <laughs> that, about it. That, I, that, that's your about winning the draft lottery? What, the excitement that that, I mean, for sure. I mean, listen, there's all the off-ice stuff. There's all the on-ice stuff that's happening, big wins and, you yeah. know, making it to the conference finals and all that. But for an event that wasn't in the arena, that was absolutely electric. I mean, I'll never forget. I was at the Santa Lucia on Cordon. A bunch of buddies, we were sitting at the bar. We were watching it. They had the sound on. 
it was a full restaurant on the other side, you know, with families. And there must have been 25 people that said, listen, I'm, I'm out of here for a minute and just ditched whoever they were having dinner with and came in and watched it happen. And when it came up as Columbus as the third pick and the Jets knew that they were either picking at second or first, I mean, it was... Um, listen, it's a little disappointing to think now that somehow Patrick Line is not still on the Winnipeg Jets, but uh, certainly, I mean, that's the sort of shot of adrenaline into a franchise that can happen with good fortune, especially when you're going into what was thought to be one of the best drafts in a long time. And certainly Matthews has been a superstar as well as Line a and some other great, uh, great uh, players in that draft. So 530 tonight, it is the draft lottery. Listen, we're going to get to the cool bet lines, but while we do that, let's do a quick giveaway. Wheel of winners for the Winnipeg Jets. Who wants to go see the Moose battle back from two down to nothing tomorrow night at Bell MTS Center? Got a pair of tickets. I will see you at the game. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and, and I still do have faith in the Moose that they can get back into this series, but obviously it's going to take a big performance last night. Had a great Scott, uh, chat with Scott Billick, who was at Moose practice earlier today. Uh, but Rima, what are we going to use? Exclamation mark tickets? Yeah, let me just set it up here. I mean, I guess if you want to do marbles, we're not going to do a marble race for it. We're going to pull out the wheel of winners. Uh, but what we're going to need to do is just, I mean, basically enter if you want to go and you are able to go. Uh, no, tickets are non-transferable, but um, you know, we'll make sure we get you get you there. Grab a friend and get some great seats for the game tomorrow night, 7 o'clock p.m., Canada Life Centre. And if the Moose can win, they'll force another game on Friday. And if they can win that, they'll force another game on Sunday. And, of course, the winner will move on to the next round. But um, you know, Moose played great. I mean, as he said, you know what, basically a 2-1 to one shot count, greater than that. Uh, but, man, they were snake bit when it came to scoring goals. Yeah, you're talking Moose playoffs. I saw when they tweet out a video of Jason Jaffrey, Moose legend, the other week. So pretty exciting stuff. I got to pull out my antlers for this one. Us, looking forward to it. I think they can. I think they can win this one for sure. You're at home, even playing. Do or well. die. Backs against the wall. I mean, this is this is what it's all about. They've been a very resilient team all year long, and I, you know, as we. You know, said Scott joined us earlier today, speaking with Mark Morrison and a number of the players. Um, you know, definitely, uh, I think there's a lot of belief in this in that room that they're able to come back and say this. I mean, back from my old days with the Moose, the Moose authored some pretty incredible comebacks over the course of their time, including coming back from a three to one deficit. And this is very similar to that. They got to win the next three in a row, but in this case, all three games are at home. So we'd love to see a great crowd out tomorrow for the Moose. Uh, you can get tickets, find out more at moosehockey.com, how to count yourself in. Uh, but we're going to open up a contest here. And hold on a sec. We've got to make sure. we got to make sure it's live. Uh, yeah, and it's, then, it's good. People, we got names in there. Oh, it's good to go. It's already out there? Okay, yeah, perfect. So yeah, exclamation mark tickets, just like the marble race. If you can go and want to attend tomorrow, we've got a pair for you for the game on Wednesday. Let's do it right now. Exclamation mark tickets. All right, we'll give you 30 seconds or so to get the get your entries in. We, we and should in the also, meantime... I was going to also say, though, if you're going to go in, like, hit the thumbs up and hit the subscribe oh, yeah. button for sure. We shouldn't have to say that, but I, I see the analytics as, like, 30% of people who watch our stuff on YouTube aren't subscribed. I don't know what they're doing. 
down below red red yeah. button or thumbs do up, us please. a favor folks huge show yesterday a bunch of new subs yeah. if you are new this is the thing we've got great giveaways all the time as well uh but yeah make sure you've hit the uh, red subscribe button and uh, and hit that thumbs up all right remo you can close that in 30 seconds or so in the meantime i will get a quick look at what's going on tonight in the national hockey league and get to some cool bet lines four great games tonight oh this is going to be good first off boston to carolina Carolina back at home, minus 145 favorite. Bruins plus 124 on the road. These are money line numbers. Um, the Lightning and Leafs, this will be a huge test for Toronto. I'm kind of feeling the Leafs tonight, to be honest. I think they do get it done and bounce back from that disappointing loss in game number four. Uh, but, you know, really, these teams are very, very close back. Although we haven't had a lot of close games. I mean, a lot of the games in this series have sort of gotten away early. Um, and teams coming back. Leafs minus 128, Lightning plus 109 on the road. The Blues and Wild tied 2-2 as well. Minus 156 for the Wild as favorites back home at the XL Energy Center. St. Louis plus 132 on the road. And the final game of the night, Oilers and Kings. Oilers, the heaviest favorite of this evening, minus 213. Kings plus 180 on the road. I think I'm actually leaning towards the Oilers by two tonight. A big bounce back game for McDavid, Dreisaitl, who really haven't had a signature game so far this series. So those are the four games tonight. Uh, tomorrow's three games are already on the board. Rangers still a favorite to get it to six, minus 125. Panthers big favorite, minus 213 at home. And the Flames, after breaking the dam and scoring a few goals finally last night, Minus 233 favorites at home against the Dallas Stars. Series prices as well as veil available at Cool Bet right now. And the Avalanche, we can tell you, at plus 225 and already on to the second round. A clear favorite for the Stanley Cup at plus 225. Florida, Calgary, Leafs, Carolina, Tampa coming up next. Whoa, Tampa. And Tampa. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people realize that they're up against it. I mean, they have to win at least one game in Toronto over the course of this next three. It's a best of three. We've got six best of threes. We'll see how many best of ones we get coming up four days from now once we get to potential game sevens on the weekend. All right, let's do the wheel to finish off. By the way, if you haven't bet a cool bet before, this beautiful hoodie, shout out to our friends at Cool Bet. Use the promo code WST, get a 100% deposit on your first deposit up to 200 bucks. All right, Remo, let's finish this off. Spend the uh, spin the wheel and send somebody to the Moose game tomorrow night. Game 3 Canada Life Center against the Milwaukee Admirals. Yeah, one sec, let me just get it ready here. I had an issue. Oh, I didn't I didn't highlight all the names. That would be bad. <laughs> Royal Sports, the Leafs should wear their Drew jerseys and have the Beebs there to cheer them on. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I don't know what Beebs' schedule is like. I don't. I didn't mind those jerseys, although I think the one with the actual Leaf logo was better than the other one. But again, it's a big hit with the kids. Hot seller. Hot seller, of course. Um, so yeah, Moose tomorrow. I'm throwing, I've got to figure out which one of my old Moose jerseys I want to wear tomorrow. Maybe a Jimmy Roy, Justin Wh Kurtz, Whoa, Brian have... Chapman. Okay, whoa, well, you got Moose jersey collection? Of course, man. I worked there from day one of the franchise. You got the OG 96 one? There's a whole bunch. Yeah, I, I will pull it out. Maybe I, maybe green. the green's my favorite. I like the um, the original logo better than the Angry Moose logo. That's just me. Yeah, I've got a the bunch of those. The cartoon Minnesota Moose. Yeah, 
the uh, yeah, it was okay. I mean, again, it kind of changed a little bit over the years, but um, but yes, you will see me in some retro oh, game worn moose jersey tomorrow night. Instagram at the game. We got to. I will. This we'll be there supporting the moose. We will definitely be there. I will be there in person. Hey, I, supporting I'm supposed to play squad. hockey, but I'm kind of getting talked into going. I'll have to see. Well, exactly. Um, let's talk you into spinning the wheel and see who else the is going to be going to the game. The game is on TSN 3 as well. That's which, for sure. Which is exciting. <laughs> Rob Mahoney, Jets' odds are no longer at 35-1 to 1 to win the Cup. They are, as they say in the game, off the board <laughs> and have been off the board for about a month or two. Yeah, all right. Well, let's bring the thing in. Here we go. couple tickets for tomorrow's game. WSTC. Milwaukee, Manitoba, Moose, backs against the wall. Thanks to everyone that entered. Good luck to you all. This will be a very simple spiel, uh, spin of the Wheel of Winners. If you do win, send us an email at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. Just confirming that it's you and the email that you want me to send you the tickets to. Uh, all right, well, we did some draft lottery simulators. Let's... Uh, Let's do a simulation that's actually really going to win somebody something, and that's tickets to tomorrow's Calder Cup playoff game downtown. What do we have here? Looks like Earl James. Leslie Mitchnock, another regular. Leslie, congratulations. You, my friend, are our winner on the wheel today. Got a couple tickets for the Moose game for you. Leslie, just send us an email at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what email you want me to send the tickets to you, and we will see you tomorrow night at the game. Um, well, another great show today, Remo. And tomorrow, of course, we'll be getting ready for game day for the Manitoba Moose. Murata Tesh, I know, was all over the series on the weekend. Uh, we'll certainly have thoughts from Murata on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the topic of the week, the availability of Barry Trotz, I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon what the, that could meet for the Winnipeg Jets, and more. Um, and we're also going to be talking to Justin Dunk. I mentioned at the beginning of the program, we've been so heavy on hockey the last couple of days, we haven't talked too much, which has been fine about labor strife. It's always a bit of a bummer of a topic, but we are getting quite close to training camps and preseason and got to find out what's going. So we will have Justin Dunk join us on tomorrow's show to do that. So congrats to Leslie. Enjoy the draft lottery tonight for those of you who observe. 5.30 Central tonight. We'll see who's picking number one. And as I said, 3.2% chance that the Jets could somehow move up from 14th to 4th in the draft. That would be cool. We're expecting them to pick 14th, though. And um, otherwise, a big thanks to uh, the guests that popped by today on the program and everyone that joined. Make sure to hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already. Join us daily, Monday to Friday, 1 o'clock p.m., on our YouTube channel. And again, those podcasts up just after 3 o'clock or 3.30 in the afternoon usually get done about 3 p.m. Uh, couldn't do it without our great group of sponsors, including the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Princess Auto, Assiniboia Downs, Canadian Club Whiskey, Cool Bet, Canada, Little Brown Jug, Not Auto Corp, Breezy Band, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Vita Health, F Apparel, and of course, our friends at Wallace and Wallace. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks to Mike McIntyre, Scott Billick, and the amazing Terry Ryan. Enjoy tonight, folks. Great games on tap. Draft lottery first. And tomorrow, Moose Playoffs downtown. We'll be all over it on tomorrow's edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great night. Oh, my God. Oh!
Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.